1: The Miami Hurricanes pushed Florida State to the brink on Saturday night, but could not make enough plays to seal the deal. But is another loss all they have to show for it? Or will there be residual value in recruiting from the high-quality performance that they crafted at Sun Life Stadium? What about Al Golden? It was probably the best showing in a big game against an elite opponent in his entire coaching career. Did he earn points with the Miami fan base? who have been on his back the entire season? Where do the Hurricanes go from here? Will Golden be able to rally his players to quality performances against Virginia this week in the cold, and then at home in the season finale against Pittsburgh, which might be an even greater measure of his coaching abilities than even beating FSU might have been? Let's face it, the Hurricanes can't necessarily touch and feel what they are playing for right now. Some players told us today that they will be playing for the seniors on the team. Others said maybe they'll get into a better bowl game. What did you think about the Florida State game? Were you encouraged or were you discouraged? We'll talk about all of that and more tonight as we embark on a new edition of Cane Sport Live. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of CaneSport.com, and we once again welcome you to the fastest three hours in hurricane sports. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. The call-in number is always 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions to be addressed on tonight's show. Here is what they came up with, in addition to what I mentioned at the top of the show. What has the feedback been from recruits who were at the game? What are the chances Al Golden makes staff changes on defense this year? Why is UM struggling in defensive recruiting this season? Did Philip Dorsett close what was an apparent gap between he and his former high school teammate, Rashad Green, the leading receiver on Florida State? Why isn't Herb Waters playing more? What can be taken away from this season in its entirety with the Hurricanes sitting right now with four losses? Have the Hurricanes turned the corner? Or will they have to rebuild it yet again next year with so many key players departing? Those are just some of the topics that we'll get into on tonight's show. So we welcome you to call in and participate. Again, the number 646-595-2048. 646-595-2048. The board is already lighting up. I'm going to again make the same request as last week. If you are not planning to participate in the show when we bring you on, please do not tie up a phone line. Um, We'd like to keep the phone lines tied up to people who want to participate on the show this evening. Please cooperate with that request. You can listen to the live stream um, both on your mobile device or online. Um, there are multiple ways to listen to the show, but please do not tie up a phone line unless you're willing to come on and speak. All right, 646-595-2048. We're going to begin tonight in the 757, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening?
2: Hey, how you
3: doing, Gary? Um, I'm going to give it a shout-out. One of my guys, uh, Charles Wise, said
2: that uh, Miami looked good. They don't need to change a thing. Stay the Core. Um, the game was good. That was from him. For me, I just don't understand how. And the ball just nothing just seemed like it went right in the second half. Not to take nothing from the coaching. Well, I put it to you like my perspective, but you got your own. We out coached them and outplayed them boys so bad in the first half. But in the second half, it seemed like when Florida State got that touchdown by Cook, which nobody tackled him. It seemed like the ball started turning, then we kept going like kind of like three and out, and then your boy Dovar fumbled. But forget all the excuses of fumbles and turnovers; they had them just as well as we had them. So in my opinion, they outcoached us the second half. We outcoached them the first half. Great game, but we still it's still disappointing, and I feel sorry for them seniors that worked their butt off to try to beat these boys in that's four years that you still haven't beat FSU. I know it leaves a bitter taste in their mouth because I listen to Walter talk. He said, well, what's your set? We upset, you know. We're not happy about losing. But, I mean, they, they're doing good, but they just can't get over that hump. I don't know what it is. Said, well, do you know what it is? <laughs>
1: here, here's, what I, here's a couple things I'll tell you. It, it really wasn't just the second half. Um, it was really from about the 11-minute mark of the second quarter um, when things just – just stopped working and, and you know they were so good in the first quarter of the game. Um, yes, they, they took they took the big lead. They're leading twenty three to seven with eleven thirty seven left in the second quarter, and it, it all ended. And it, it was a, a, a multitude of things. I mean, you know, I'm sure you saw the game. I mean, a, yes, a bunch of yes, just, you know major mistakes made, drop touchdown passes, um, missed blocks on extra points, missed field goals. Um, penalties that were costly. Um, missed, um, you know, Trevor Darling late in the game had a just a real bad miss block on a on a draw play that would have gone for huge yardage and put Miami in position to score uh, to win the game. So, you know, they they just. They they were not really. If you look at it honestly, I I think the, you know, just the not ready for prime time players. I, I, you know, they they had a great game plan. You can't blame the coaches this time. The the game plan was phenomenal, and that's what allowed them to take the twenty-three to seven lead. But when FSU adjusted to that plan, um, the sledding got tough, and and they just weren't good enough to get it done. I'm not blaming.
4: Well,
2: maybe I am blaming because. If they adjusted, it just seemed like I guess it wasn't enough adjustment. Maybe 'cause I want, we were so far ahead. I wanted to happen. I wanted to win. And I thought we could get it. Ain't no doubt in my mind. I knew that we could beat Florida State by the way they played this year. They weren't looking good, and you know, it just didn't happen. It's just, just, it's disappointing, but it's not disappointing. But so hopefully, you know, things will go good up here in Virginia. Hopefully, they can close out and you know, win the next three games, because they'll win the next three. We know ain't nobody getting tired. I don't think there's going to be no changes. And a lot of people said stay the course. But i want a of old school team. I'm tired. Old oh, well, next let's, year. I, I've been saying that at, since Randy Stanley. That's ridiculous.
1: Let's look at a few of these things, honestly. You talked about the adjustments, okay? Um, let's talk about what Florida State did first on, on defense. Um, they started playing more zone coverages. And, and Miami was hitting them for, for a lot of big plays in the first quarter. Now, Florida State you look back through all of their games this season has played almost a hundred percent man-to-man coverages. Okay. So when Miami prepared for the game, they were preparing to face man coverage the entire game. Um, Florida state, and, and you got to give them credit when they saw how badly they were getting beat man-to-man by Miami. Um, and it was pretty bad. Um, they oh, said, really? we can't hold. They, they, they realized they couldn't hold up and they started playing zone coverages. now, now Miami's playing we didn't with a freshman. Wait, let me let, let me finish. Let me explain to you what happened. Come on, and, come not, on b- believe it, me, none of this is an excuse, but this is what happened. Miami I hope
2: not, there, cause I'm sick of it.
1: Go ahead. No, 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 no excuses. Miami's sitting there is playing with a freshman quarterback. Okay, they, He's they can't, not a freshman. He's not, no more, Gary. He did six games. That's out the window, no, man. I understand, that's out the but, for but, me. but 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 it, but reality is. He's not ready for every single defense that exists in college football every Understood. week. Okay. Okay. And you're, mm-hmm. you're preparing him to face a, a man-to-man coverage. You got a great game plan. You're torching them all over the field, and now they go to a zone. It's it's not dissimilar to what Nebraska did to Brad Kaya when they slipped in some zone coverages on him that he wasn't ready for in that game. And he, and you'll remember he threw an, he threw a key interception in that Nebraska game when they did that. So. Uh, Florida State made those adjustments. They started going to the zone coverages. So how do you respond to that if you're James Coley? Well, the way they responded was they, they started running the football a little bit more. And they were having success. They're they're getting seven, eight yards a pop with Duke Johnson. problem was that for some reason those drives were stalling. And they had a horrible field position in the second half. They started every drive at their own 25-yard line. And they started just making little mistakes. A five-yard penalty here a drop ball there. Um, Kaya was, was not as comfortable and efficient as he was early in the game. He, he overthrew, you'll remember, Stacy Coley on, on one deep ball and, and started getting hit a few times. And Florida State started batting down some passes. And it was just, it just the sledding got tougher. Miami lost its rhythm, and I think that's why they were unable to score points. And um, then conversely, on the, on the flip side now, um, Florida State's offense – which, which was struggling a little bit, changed things up a little bit as well. They started running more horizontal routes across, uh, going, going left to right or right to left uh, across the yes, football sir. field to take advantage of their speed advantages against Miami's um, safeties and linebackers. That was effective for them. And then they busted the big plays with Dalvin Cook, which has been a huge problem for this defense the entire season, giving up big yes, running plays. They, they don't defend four the seven. run well. And when the, when Denzel Perriman went out of the game on that one touchdown run, um, they they were in big trouble. On the second one, They yeah,
2: went straight through the gap. It, nobody touched him, him on that get one. Get
5: and yeah, and, and, and on the, the other two big runs he had, uh, well, same Denzel uh, he got
2: tackled a little bit, but not enough.
5: It, yeah, so it's disappointing. We didn't get no pressure
2: on Winston.
1: None,
2: none. No, was none. No
1: that was you all. said. You said we told got that. you got
3: to get pressure on.
1: Well, they got nothing you for the defensive line. Nothing from the defensive line the whole night. And, you, you know, you have to be realistic about it. They're, they're not as good as Florida State. And give Florida State credit. They, they were on the ropes. They made the adjustments they needed to make. The score was 23-7. to, uh, to seven. Could have easily been 35-7 to seven or more at that point in the game. And, you know, Miami left a, mm-hmm. a bunch of points out there on the field. And Florida State caught them at the end. And, I, you know, I think you've got to give those guys a ton of credit. And I think they I play, they play. Man. I
2: just feel bad for the seniors. That's all. Well, yeah, I ain't trying you know, to hold your time. I uh, got enough. a
6: lot
1: of people out here.
2: And what I, other thing I want to ask is, I know our schedule is kind of tough next year. But here's what I want to say, and I'm gonna hold it on this. If you can leave me at home. I'm tired of this. You excuses. You're not giving one. I'm not giving nothing no more. I'm old. School. It's time for them to bring the helmets and the hat. What's next year? Something go down. Well, we got players that's hurt. Everybody got players that's hurt. People play it. You got players that's hurt, but teams are winning. we on the Coastal.
3: The weakest ACC is weak. You said it last week. Yes, it is. The Coastal is real weak. We got the best talent. It's us, Clemson, and Florida State. Florida State, they
2: got the best probably Clemson than us. But we on the Coastal. Nobody should be beating us on the Coastal at all. But, hey, I'm out of here with that. Check with you next week. And please... I hope they don't get frozen up in VA because, they're going to be chilly. Yeah, have a good one, Gary. Take care of yourself,
1: bro. You got it. All right. Um, you know, the one thing I'll add to to, to what you just said because we were kind of talking at the same time a little bit there is, you know, the, there really are no excuses. Miami gave it their best shot, good enough. you got to give Florida State a world credit for hanging in there and be, being able to come back yet again. And the thing that I just simply do not understand, and the new college football rankings just came out about a half hour ago, is how a 10-0 Florida State team that has now won 26 straight games is ranked number three behind one loss Alabama and one loss Oregon uh, in these rankings. And this selection committee is making a mockery of themselves, and I hope people take them to a task because in no way, shape, or form should Florida State be anything less than number one after what they've accomplished, and particularly the way they came back against the Miami team that had everything going on Saturday night. All right, 646 595 2048. Let's go to the 770. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right. Let's uh try the 678. You're now live on Kane Sport Live.
2: Good evening, Gary. This is your boy uki 8 from the board, man.
1: What's up, Uki? How you doing this week?
2: Oh, I'm having a great great week, you know. Um you know, it's fortunate that we didn't pull out the victory, but you know, I had a you know I had, I had a great time at the game, man, and I saw a lot of positives. Positives. Um, I took away a lot of positives and negatives. You know, I you know this one one game I can't even put on the coaches, and um, I will say this: Miami, the city of Miami, you you got something special down there, and. If you don't recognize it, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you, man. The, the tailgating was awesome. I'm gonna say this: I've been to some 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 pretty good tail, tail tailgating spots, from Athens, Georgia, to Auburn, Alabama, and Columbia, South Carolina, and I, I, that was absolutely the best tailgate I have ever been part of.
1: Yeah, it was pretty ever special. The only problem I have yeah, is people it, breaking glass. Man, way too much broken glass. Out in that park, yeah. You know, you'd yeah. like to be able to go home without worrying about flat tires. I mean, if people could just stop smashing bottles all over the place. But other than that, yeah, it was
2: it. It was great. And uh, I'm, I'm telling you, Miami, you have something special down there. I mean, the atmosphere there for a big game is unbelievable. Uh, the one thing I want to point out, um, I follow uh, uh, Brett Grimes' his wife, uh, Miko Miko Grimes on, on Instagram, and she pointed out because she was at the game as well uh, about she, was, she made a comment about how if uh this many people came out to watch her play a basketball game, she wouldn't know how to handle herself she wouldn't know how to to take it and i go to show- go to say that you know a lot of a lot of the Miami fans like to downplay the attendance thing and the support of the of of the players and I'm telling you it makes a hell of a difference a hell of a of difference course and it made a hell of and it made a hell of difference for those kids uh last Saturday Like, man we got to do better at getting out and supporting these kids. You got to get do better and support you. I mean, you got to think of it like this: we want the top recruits to come here from Dade County and support their hometown. But if the fans don't feel the need to do it, why should they? It's a, it, it works both ways, if you ask me. If you believe in this youth, if you call yourself a true fan and you really and you really bleed orange and green, you should be at those home games every Saturday. If you have nothing else important to do, um, that's, that's, well, to I me mean, that's just.
1: Let, let's be honest about it. There probably were about fifty-five thousand Miami fans there the other night. You know, and okay. probably about twenty. About probably about twenty Florida State fans. And you're absolutely right. I don't understand how those fifty-five thousand Miami fans can go to that game and have that type of fun and experience, and not go to all the other games during the course of seasons. It's it's exactly. never made sense to me. Going back two, three decades now, and, um, and the, you're right. It right. was a special atmosphere,
2: and and the people and the people make it make it fun. You know, what I mean, no matter if it's Florida State or or if it's just Virginia, you know what I mean. It's the people that make it fun. You make you make the atmosphere fun. It's not about uh the, the who's playing on the field that day because we all there to watch the U. We all here to, to represent for the Canes. We're not there to represent for FSU. We're not represent to represent for whoever. But you know, if you you know, the, it makes a hell of a difference, man. And I, with the mindset, has got to change of the fan base. If we want a lot of the a lot a lot of the the winning and the big games to you know, if the coaches to start winning these big games, and I'm not making excuses for the coaches. You know, they get paid to do what they do, whether it's one person in the stand or over 35,000 people in the stand. They get paid to 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 win games, but. I mean, as a fan base, we definitely got to step it up, man. We got to definitely uh, start showing these kids some support. And, um, you know, another thing I want to point out too, man, um, uh, the last couple of shows we had guys get on here and kind of blast uh, Paul Williams and people were saying he was our worst recruiter. And I kind of beg to differ. I mean, if you really look at our secondary, I mean, there are some big-name players on that, on that that have been recruited over the years. And the development of the secondary has been unbelievable, and they played to me unbelievable uh, against Florida State. Um, if I can only imagine the, the play would be if we actually had a defensive line. So I mean, I think Paul Paul Williams is taking a, a unjust a justifiable um, uh, beating as being called the worst recruiter because maybe he maybe he's not the personable person in person or whatever, but if he's as a coach, it seems like he's good at developing talent. And if you ask me, I'll take coaching and developing over recruiting any day because he can, if he can step into a, a, a household and basically show his proof of work on film in the NFL, in because he's going to have some boys that are going to be playing in the league going forward. Well,
1: and, I think Paul, you know, Paul Williams has shown people something this year. I, I, I think you're right. I think the development of the DBs. Has been pretty pretty good this season. Um, I'm a little concerned, you know, that Jamal Carter's not a little bit better than what he is. But um, mm-hmm. the corners have certainly developed pretty well. And the, the biggest weak spot, unquestionably, on defense is the defensive line. Um, yeah, So, you know, if that's certainly a spot, I think you got to look at. And um, it has not been good. Since Al Golden got here, and uh, yep. does not seem to be making a ton of progress, so um, we'll see what happens in, in that regard. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about tonight, Uki?
2: Um. Oh wow. Um. Yeah. You know. I Just wanted to say. You know. I think the coaches. They did a. They, they did a heck of a job, man. I mean, this. Is, this is be straight up. The best team won. You know, Florida State. They other the defending national champs. Um. I do think that the clock has actually started for Al Golden because he has proved a lot of people points that, yeah, maybe we are not where Florida State is, but we damn sure should be uh, winning this coastal division by now because the talent is definitely there. It's been proven. And, um, you know, I think going forward, you know, it's it's, it's either coastal or bust, you know, it's either, it's, there's no if ands, or buts
1: about it, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've been
1: through this all, all year, Uki. They, they they blew those other games this year. This, could, this is an underachieving team with four losses. A lot of people would have said four losses before the season started. Uh, that, that might have been the projection. But as soon as Brad mm-hmm. Kaya showed up at the level that he did and has continued to progress as the year goes on, four losses is, without question, an underachievement for this football team.
2: Yeah, and, and so. you know, and... But I, I honestly, like I said, you know, I believe the talent is there. Um, you know, and people saying that we don't have anything uh, to, to play for, but we, we definitely have a lot to play for left. You know, we still, we still, you know, have a chance of, to make the pressures on recruiting because I know everybody wants to point to 2016 being our best year in recruiting. But, you know, at the rate we are, we don't have uh, – the time to be waiting for next year. We need to get key players in this year as well. This is, to me, is a make or break recruiting season for our Golden as well. Because we could be looking back at this recruiting year, and we could be talking about all the misses. You know what I mean? So um, we already know the key players that we're missing, or that we're going to be be missing on the defensive side of the ball. And you know, it's you know, we 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 really need you know we really need some key players from the. I don't know if it's coming from JUCO. Or Or whatever to come in and to who could be able to contribute right away because next year it could be kind of kind of be you know it could be kind of backsliding on the defensive side of the ball as well,
1: and the, um one more the discussion. feedback they've been getting from recruits has been very positive and, and and hopefully um that will allow them to improve the recruiting class as they move forward here the last couple months all right, Uki, okay, hey, thank you as always for being part of the show. Let me a hold, Gary, you got it. Before we move on just want to make a, a, a throw out a couple uh, points for thought as a follow up to um Uki's phone call um been hearing a lot of this whole um the canes turn the corner now conversation and the one thing i want to point out is i think it's a little too late in this season to be talking about turning the corner when you have four losses and i i think that something that people are not taking into consideration is the amount of talent that's getting ready to leave the program. Um, Duke Johnson is going to be a massive guy to try to replace next year. Um, I don't think anybody argues that. You know, Joe Yearby is a really good freshman prospect right now. He's not Duke Johnson. Gus Edwards is not Duke Johnson. And we don't know what the guys coming in: Jordan Scarlett, Mark Walton, Dexter Williams. No, no idea what they're going to look like yet next year. So that, you know, that is a huge focal point uh, going into next year. Philip Dorsett. And all his big plays this year is going to be huge to replace. How about Clive Walford and, and the, the year that he's had at tight end? You're going to have to replace him. The offensive line is going to go in total rebuilding mode. Um, you're going to lose Feliciano. You're going to lose Shane McDermott. Uh, you're probably going to lose Eric Flowers. That's three veteran starters off of the offensive line that most likely will not be here next year. They're going to be rebuilding. The defensive tackle spot is going to continue – um, to be a work in progress. There is nobody there right now that looks like they're ready to take the next step and become an impact performer. Um, defensive ends, I would think, are showing some promise. When you look at Muhammad coming back and hopefully Chad Thomas takes the next step here in the off season and um, learns to play with a little bit more anger and make more plays. The linebacker spot, uh, you're hoping, obviously, Darian Owens continues to develop. Um, Raphael Kirby is hit or miss um, as an interior linebacker. Jermaine Grace has done really well in his specialist role, um, but he's not really that consistent yet here in year two. Um, so, you know, safety, you're going to get Rashawn Jenkins back. That should help qu- quite a bit. The corner should be good. But I don't know. To say that this is a turn-the-corner situation, to me, is kind of tough because of all the challenges that, Um, Al Golden and the staff are going to face going into next year and you know it's you're hoping obviously that it'll be better than what it's been this year but is it a guarantee um absolutely not and I don't think that there's going to be as much correlation as people would like to think between next year's team and this year's team so um just something to think about as we continue on in the show and we go out now to the 419 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live how you doing tonight Hey Gary, how you
7: doing? Doing good. I just wanna say I made the trip down and uh well I'll tell you what, I had a great experience down there. Uh still a little hurt from the results of the game, the aftermath, but uh you know, it was just a tough one. We just seemed to let it get away, you know. I mean, uh as you stated earlier, we left a lot of plays on the field, you know, I that's what I took out of it. Um, you know, a lot of Florida State made the right adjustments and let's be honest, we just didn't deliver that knockout punch. I mean a key part to me was when we were up uh, in the game, we were going down at the very end of the half, or last possession of the first half. And we're driving down, and it's about third and eight. And I looked at my buddy, looks at me, and goes, well, you settled down for a field goal here. And it was about, I think it was 23 to, to 10 at the time. And I looked at my buddy and I'm like, listen, I go for the jugular right here. You go up 30 to 10, you know, put this team away right now. You know, we came up with a brilliant, you know, the, the screen pass, you know, and it didn't work out. And we ended up missing a field goal, lo and behold. But there were just a couple of turning points in the game to me. I mean, I thought that was that was huge. We missed the field goal. I thought the, um, you know, the deflected touchdown was ridiculous. I mean, the kid threw the ball right in the coverage, and, you know, he kind of fell into a pot of gold with that. And then you had the, uh, you know, of the, the course, the fumble. But other than that, I really was really positively encouraged by the kids. I have no, you know, I, I have no blame with the coaches, but the kids really played their hearts out. And I think it's a young, inexperienced team in a lot of areas. And these kids, to be honest, they just don't know how to win these games yet. And it's a process. I mean, you're going to have to lose these games in order to gain experience from this, in my opinion. And I think these kids will learn from that. And you give it maybe a year or so, and next thing you know, these kids are going to start winning these ball games. Right now, I just don't think they have the, the know-how to win these games. And Florida State, being a battle-tested team that they are, they pulled it out at the end. Well, let's be honest, next year I'm looking at, you know, what we have coming back, and I'm looking at a team like Florida State. I'm going to be honest. They're not going to be the same football team without Jameis Winston. That, I mean that that is a matter of fact right there. I mean that
1: what you don't know who their quarterback's gonna be. You know, we don't know. who has any idea what they're gonna be like?
7: I, I I you're right. I don't know who their quarterback is gonna be, but I'm gonna be willing to bet you he's not gonna be as good as Winston. I am just gonna go out on a limb right there and say that he is not gonna be Jameis Winston. I mean the last two quarterbacks they put in the league. Were and that's why Florida State hasn't been. Florida State, they're not going to always been. They've been talented, talented, talented. They just couldn't put the right QB in position to make it work. Winston came to the program, and he just turned his team around. I mean, he just he made plays. The kid makes plays in the clutch. That's the bottom line. The kid has ice in his veins, and when the game's on the line, he'll make plays. And, of course, FSU defense. I mean, you have to take your hats off of them. I mean, they gave up three, three points in the second half. I mean, the coach makes wonderful adjustments. I mean, you're getting eight up the whole first half and then this. But I mean, I mean, what did you think about the game? I
1: mean, um, you know, I, I thought the coaches did a great mm-hmm. job on the game plan, and I, and mm-hmm. I think that that Miami just wasn't wasn't good enough to perform at the level they needed to for mm-hmm. 60 minutes in that game, and um, made a lot of big plays and 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 kept themselves in it till the three minute mark of the fourth quarter. Uh, just didn't have enough. You know, you, when you don't score for the, pretty much the last three quarters of the game. Um, right. You know, that's going to be kind of tough. And they gave up some huge
7: plays on defense.
1: Um, Absolutely. and those two Dalvin Cook, the two Dalvin Cook runs were just killers for
7: them. I totally agree. I, I really think that deflected pass. I, I really started to see on that, on that deflection where the ball went right to that Williams kid's hand. I really started to see a momentum change. You know, I just kind of one of those funny plays that just turned the game a little bit, but. Yeah, well, again, it's the yeah, kind of play where
1: where you're just seeing, you know, it's that, it's it's just that team's time right now. You know, yeah. they're getting all the breaks they need to get to do what they're doing. And back what? when Miami did it in two thousand one and two thousand two, you, you know, maybe not exactly like that, but you know, Miami got got a share of breaks in the in that time. Absolutely. And you know, going back to the eighties and nineties, Miami got plenty Absolutely. of a share of breaks in all those championship seasons. And that's
7: that's part of the deal. You know? And that's the point I was trying to make. Those breaks will take a, a seasoned team and give them just what they need to push through. Those are the teams that know how to win. That's what I was kind of explaining earlier. They know how to win because they've been there before. This team but
1: really you know, hasn't
2: been there.
7: But...
1: James, you talk about Jameis mm-hmm. Winston, for example. You know, mm-hmm. I'm looking at at this guy, Jalen Ramsey, the, the sophomore safety from Tennessee. Um, uh-huh. I thought he was he might have been the best player on the field in the game. I, I he was unbelievable. He just
7: totally he dominated.
1: On defense.
7: Yeah. He he was an outstanding football player. There's no doubt. But I've, I've always said, you know, these really good teams, you get you got to get that quarterback in play. Sometimes a really outstanding, a truly great leader, great quarterback, he'll get you two wins that you shouldn't get. And I think that's what Jameis does. I mean, without yeah. Jameis this year, there's probably a couple games they don't. And he's, he's that type of quarterback. And I really, truly believe that Kaya's going to be that guy. Well, I was I mean, just going to say, say kid, that. Yeah, you yeah. have to hope,
1: you know, everyone's trying to make these turn. like I just said, the turn-the-corner comps. You have to hope that Brad Kaya comes back next year for his sophomore year, the type right. of player that, that Jameis Winston is now for Florida State, and and that he can make the difference in those couple games so that instead of being a potential four-loss team, maybe Miami could be a, a one- or two-loss team next year.
5: Um, and I see because that.
1: Because their
7: quarterback is so good. Right. Now, and I, I see out. that in him.
4: And just I see just, that yeah. in
7: him. That's what I, I was going to explain because you just see that – I mean, this kid didn't even have a spring ball. I mean, imagine how good this kid would be if he had a spring ball. I mean, that, that makes all the difference in the world. He gained them extra reps, he got extra experience from that. Um, you know, when this kid's going to have a spring practice, he'll be ready for the second year, I, I really think Tyler is, Ty is going to be the best quarterback we've had. He's the best we've had since Dorsey, and I truly believe he's going to be the best we've had since then. And I, I think he's going to make all the difference in the world in Miami.
1: You should be absolutely amazing, and uh, they'll have enough receivers coming back next year that, that they should okay. be a pretty explosive offense.
7: I and I agree. I think that offense. I just hopefully that this game will help us out as far as the recruiting. We really need to recruit that D line hard because there was no pressure on in the entire game. No argument.
1: They are going to have to put together an offensive line though. I think
7: that's going to be very, than true. People. very true. Um, you're, you're you very know, I'm true. You're that positive. Yeah. yeah, I'm seeing yeah, a lot of positive not, occurs. Not in a lot. A lot. I really yeah. do. I think that you'll see the real type of coach. there has to be some serious coaching done here, though, because these kids after that's a devastating loss. You don't want that letdown. You got to finish strong, finish out. But that's what you're playing for right now. You're playing to finish your season out strong and have a positive note going into next year. Hey, can these find, that's where to Golden is. Virginia in 30 degree weather
1: on Saturday night? Might be as tough for Al Golden as getting as beating Florida State. We'll see what happens. All oh, right. Anything else you want to talk about tonight? Oh no, thanks. All right, man. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week.
7: All right, well, keep me on hold if you get, please. Thank you.
1: All right. 646-595-2048 is the number. Let's go out now to the 205. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Oh, oh. <laughs> What's up, Slaughter? What's up, you,
8: man? What's up,
1: Gare? How you
8: doing? <sighs> did you man, did you I'm... The trip
1: down, didn't you? Did you, did you enjoy the uh, uh, trip from Birmingham and the, and the football game?
2: Uh, no. Yeah, I got a million calls, man. You know, uh, it is disappointing, man. Uh, you know, it's very disappointing. It is the first time I can actually say the onus is on the kids on this one. Um, you know, I know the coaches preach high and tight, put the ball away when you can tackle, you know, two hands on the ball. And, you know, there is just no excuse for you to fumble like that. And, you know, missing, you know, missing blocks. That's, you know, coaches put him in a position this week, and I got to give my – you know, I got to take my hats off to the coaches for having them prepared. But, you know, like some of the callers said, they're not they're not used to – they're not used to being clutch in big games. You can go – you know, you can talk, go all the way back to when we played Notre Dame. You know, the drop passes, Philip Dorsett, you know. You now you got Berrios dropping passes. You got Clive Waffle, a senior, you know, getting stripped on the first time – you know, on a big play, the first play of the um, offensive series. So it's, you know it's one of those you know things where I'm just disappointed, man. That we um you know we have the best recruiting class on the coast of each year, and we still you know in the bottom of the barrel, you know. And I just think you know it's going to be one of those things where a change I think is going to come at the end of the year because I um I read something you posted about the Rutgers job and well, you know
1: well, yeah, I think some people were misunderstanding what I was saying. What I was saying was I believe Rutgers at some point is going to make an inquiry. On whether Al Golden is available, I think he is going to be very high up on their target list when they get around to changing coaches, which they will because guy's blood that they have in place can't recruit anybody in New Jersey. Um, I
2: understand, yeah, I understand that. And, but what I'm and getting at
1: is the people told me that, that Al Golden is on the radar, but that doesn't mean Al Golden's going to have interest. You know, I, I was just saying that I think at some point Rutgers is going to express interest, and but he's going to have I, to sign think... it back.
2: I understand that but I think he, I think he has interest for the simple fact that just, just the um simple fact that, you know, it's gonna be a major turnover with the roster next year. And it's gonna and his next year's gonna be the pressure cooker. Like, look you gotta do something now or or it's,
0: you know, it's a wrap.
2: So I think, you know, they come calling his off season, I think he's gonna, you know, pack his bags, you know, and move back up north because I mean it'll be it'd be a smart decision. If I was him it'd be smart. I mean, look at Urban Miles. Urban Miles did the same thing at Florida when they had that huge turnaround, and he had that that mysterious heart issue, or whatever it was. You know, he got out of dodge because he knew that Florida team wasn't going to be good because he was losing a lot. You know, and you know, you know, so and he was kind of on the hot seat at Florida that year because they wasn't winning. They, you know, had a couple of had a down year, I think. So, I mean, I think I think that's something a lot of people need to take in consideration right now. You know. Because the you know his mental right now is like he can't get a break because like you said the pressure in South Florida and the pressure in New Jersey it, it's, it's it's a it's a completely different story you see what I'm saying so oh, I mean I think, they I would treat
1: him the way they they way, the way Cleveland treated LeBron coming home I exactly mean they would they yeah. act if if they were able to lure Al Golden to Rutgers it, it would be like the the greatest public relations win for that school. Um, you know, hey, we're we're bringing the, the Jersey guy. We're we get getting him from Miami. Um, we're gonna get New Jersey recruiting back where it belongs. I mean, there's a million things that they can hang their hat on, and, and I think uh, that's why they will at some point have interest in Al. But you know, I don't know where Al's head at head is at right now. I mean, this has been a past. it have been a very tough year. You can you can see you can ask, uh,
2: Gary you can look you can you can tell on his demeanor on the sideline where his head is. he he see he knows he feels the pressure he feels the pressure you know and,
6: I and before,
1: before, before his with, name you know, you know when people it's, are it's like, all over the place for for two months yeah
2: I, you know so it's, it's it's one of those deals where he know he has to get this right and he has to get it right on that, and him us losing you know all those. Players are there, and it's gonna be. I hate to say it, it's gonna be tough. If you know, because they're not great coaches. Now, we had a great coach, I'd be like, okay, you know, he can make something shake. But you they're, know, they're
1: pretty good on you, the offensive side of the ball right now.
2: Yeah, that's just what – I mean, okay, offense can't do it all. If we as we can no. see, if we've seen it this year, you know, he he has to fix something on the defensive side of the ball. They play good, they play better, but you know, when it comes down to a team that that's you know explosive on offense that has just the amount of athletes that, that we have, we get, you know, when it's crunch time, they make better plays, you know, so, but that just comes with coaching. And I read something you said, um, somebody posted about some remarks that, um, Al Golden had about, um, Will Muschamp. I know you said before that, um, he didn't really like the guy or had some bad blood about the niggas recruiting, which all coaches do, you know, a at school, but you know, he had some positive things to say about, um, well, must champ. So you really? What did
1: he say? I didn't see it. What
2: did thing? he say? Um, he said, um, he was like, you know, a great coach, and you know, just pretty much praising the guy. He's a great coach. You know, he he was in a you know a difficult situation there Florida, the pressure of winning there, and different things like that. And I just think he he was pretty much just praising, just just pretty much praising his coaching style, and just saying he's a great coach and he respects what he does and all that stuff. You know, um, I just I read it on Bleacher Report. One of the um, reporters had um. Yeah, I don't know have if I've ever read that. Out. I, don't I, I, know if I, really I have read to. Um, I, um, I find it. And I post it on the board, and I, you know, put your name in it. But yeah, I read it this morning. That's about one of the questions I meant to ask you. So, but yeah, man, do you think that? Um, do you think he would be on the radar to come? You know, if our daughter decides to stay, or you know, he, if he stays or whatnot, do you think he would? They'll, they'll try to pursue.
1: Um, he, he, he should be. <laughs> but, you know, I don't cause know, cause if he I, but just think, think about he this. Will, think but about he
2: this do you know the amount of recruits, that, defensive recruits that'll come flocking to Miami if we got a must champ? Just think about it. They took, it would just, help. They, just, just think about all the top defensive tackles that they took from us when he was at, at Florida. Botched it. It's, 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 it's <laughs> easily a lot of kids that he took from us. A lot of kids that he took from us, and those same those same talented kids would come running to Miami, mean, and he would actually help lock down what we've been trying to do for the longest with him and Coley. It's going to be an unbelievable staff, you know. But you know, but hey, man, it be like I, you know, I don't really have pretty much. I don't have any negative things to say this week, you know. I but, enjoyed but the I game. a good Slatter, game.
1: Slaughter. I will say this: Mark D'Onofrio did a good job Saturday night. Yeah, there, I, there was, I would
6: have to give him There was that. something wrong with that
1: game plan. They, they, they. they They blitzed the whole game. There was one or two series where they were a little conservative, in my opinion, and I I think it hurt them a little bit. But you can't blitz every single down. I mean, let's be fair. you You have to Uh, mix
2: it up, especially with a kid like that because he's smart enough to pick up what you're gonna do. But you know, like the tip pass from um, the tip pass from um, Tyreek McCoy, you can't. That's not that. Coaching has nothing to do with that. Just the way the ball bounced. He made a great play. He was in the right position, and it was just one of those things, you know. And it's it's sad, sad to say. They they I hate I, it hurts me to say this, but Florida State was just a better team. They're they just were. a better team. They just a better team, man. And I'm having to come to grips with that because it's it's hard to say that. It's hard to yeah. I mean, it didn't matter
1: how, how many blitzes they brought. They still couldn't yeah. get the it. You
2: know, it, 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 exactly. Jamie I Winston mean, is it listen, a better difference team?
1: maker.
2: It's just a better team. Just a better team. Right now they got our number, and we we have to do whatever it takes to narrow that gap. Um, but you know, I'm gonna let you know some more of my um, Kane brothers get on and talk with you, man. Like always, it's a pleasure, and I gotta end it one more
1: time, baby. Ah, ah. All right, Slaughter. Thanks for being keep part me of the on show, hold, the baby. Keep me on hold. You got it, man. We'll talk to you next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go out to the four zero four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this week? Furman, how you doing, man? Doing good. Who's this? This is Roland,
2: man, uh, calling from Atlanta. Guy I was talking about the receivers with Brandon Carroll. How you doing, man?
1: Doing good, doing good. How you doing this week, Roland? What you got for us? Doing
8: good, man. Got a quick question. Um, as far as the uh defensive line, do you think there's gonna be changes as as it relates to uh Jeth- Jethro uh, Franklin uh going into the off season? And uh, also uh, do you
2: see any prospects? That's the first question. As far as uh, any de tackles,
9: just specifically, just focus on de tackles coming in. Uh, uh, any, any any new recruits? Any 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 new targets that you that you've seen over the last uh, couple of days that may have popped up? And then I got I have one other question after that.
1: You know. Jethro Franklin is a target of everybody when they talk about the defense. And, and, you know, he's the first guy people mention when they talk about replacements and changes, um, if they're not saying Mark D'Onofrio. And, you know, it's, it's really kind of bizarre because, I mean, he seems to work hard in recruiting. I mean, you hear his name all over the place. He's all over the country. He had those two um, blue chip prospects in this (laughs) week.
6: (laughs) Yeah.
1: the heck is that um you know he had those two guys in from california this weekend who are you know top level prospects and the problem is he just doesn't seem to get them in the end and he's playing he, he's got 15 defensive linemen now on this team and not one of them really is an impact player at this point and um yeah so it, it, it's it's kind of like a tough deal you know yeah,
9: at one point in that game, I was just looking at Winston. He was just sitting back. He probably had eight, seven, between seven, and eight seconds just, you know, bouncing in the pocket. And, um, I mean, they had no, I mean, as far as, you know, stopping the run, they were doing a, they were doing a better job, a much better job. But as
2: far as really getting pressure, the only person that was bringing pressure was McCord. I mean, I, it just seemed like nobody was capable of really, really bringing pressure at all. Um, I really believe, and I, I mean, this is hearsay, you can't, you can't go back. But, um, you know, I think uh,
9: uh, Muhammad would have made a difference. You know, he would have added a, another Russia. You know, uh, on the uh, you know on the on the opposite side of McCord. But um, um, we 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 got to get some D tackles, man. We got to get some D tackles. Well, yeah, you'll
1: have you'll have them both next year. You'll have Chad Thomas. Um, but you're right; they do need to find some D tackles. And and right uh, now, yeah. I can't tell you of an elite D tackle that it looks like they're on the cusp of landing. Um
9: but let me ask you, this is what I can't understand, Gary. I mean let's just say if the kid is not a five star. I mean out of all out of all these schools in, in, in all over the country. Let's just no, let's just forget. Let's just look at South Florida. Right? Let's just look at, you know, South Florida, Tampa, whatever, everything down. You mean to tell me you can't get one, two two or two or three kids that they that may not even be a five star but you, that can develop into you know, an elite. Um, I mean, a a, a, a really good D tackle. Because look, Seth came. Warren Seth came in as a tight end, and they brought him. You know, they developed him to 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 a deep a defensive tackle. Um, I just can't. I can't understand that, man. We gotta. It, uh, they gotta be some. They gotta make some changes on that. Gotta um,
1: got, to, that got to recruit there. better yeah. at that position. No question about it.
9: Anything else this week? Oh uh, no, man, I, can I can I a
1: of? You got it. Um, Thanks for being part of the show.
8: I appreciate it, Gary.
1: All right. Got to recruit better at the defensive tackle position, no question about it. Um, Right now, we don't see where that's going to come from in this recruiting class, but there still are a couple months, and a lot can happen here, and uh, we'll just have to see uh, how that goes. All right, let's go out to the 813. You're now live on Sport Live.
5: Yeah. Hey, Gary. Who's this?
1: Yes, sir, you're on.
5: Nick.
10: Yeah, right, Nick, Nick. I called a few. I called a few weeks ago,
1: um, Gary. I just want to
10: talk about uh, three things. Um, first, the game. Second, a little bit about recruiting. And then third, a little bit about coaching. Just kind of get your take on some of these things, Gary. You and I both know uh, a game comes down to you know two or three plays. And for me, watching the game, uh, it came down to at the end of the first half, uh, Barrios dropping that touchdown, and then that uh, Badgley missing that field goal. I want to, you know, say that, you know, let's start with Barrios as a freshman, and that field goal kicker. I mean, you know, he wasn't even our starting guy going in the year until Gooch got hurt. And
1: he's so also that's a freshman. I,
10: yeah, he's also a freshman. So I, I think that's something that can get better. I think Barrios is going to make those catches as his career continues. Um, <clears throat> Standish Dobard, fumble. I'm not sure if Standish is an underclassman, but let's be honest, he doesn't get a lot of playing time. Uh, you know, Clive gets the bulk of the playing time. So. I can forgive Standish for that only because he's not out there very much, and I think that, you know, he can get better from that. Um, and then just, Gary, the dumb luck, you know, tip pass for a touchdown. You know, when 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 things like that happen in a game, it's just your day. You know, it's your day, man. If you knock down a pass and it goes right to Carlos Williams for a touchdown that would have been a field goal, it's your day. You know, and I just kind of wanted to get your uh, take on those three plays, if you agree with me, or you saw some yes. other plays that you think
1: were... Oh, there were, there were yeah. yeah, there were more, but you're absolutely right. Those were three very critical plays. I mean, you know, Berrios drops that ball, and you missed the field goal. You just left seven oh, points God. on the field. You know, yeah, you know, I thought the missed extra point was another one. That's eight points you left on the field, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then you could just go on and on as the game went on, and... um I chronicled it all in, in a column I wrote um earlier this week when we reviewed the game tape and went play by play, but there were a lot of critical errors in that game that, that cost Miami points and that was the difference in the ball game.
10: And you know, uh, Gary, you brought this up earlier and I wrote it down so I remember to ask you about it. That Trevor Darling missed block on that draw that you said would have uh, went for, you know, a yep. big big game. Was that the draw on our last drive? Because when we called that draw to Yerby, I kind of was like, oh, shit, man, why'd they call that? Is that the yeah, drive? Yeah, I'm sure that everybody was, was doing missed?
1: that because it didn't work. But, man, when you go back and look at the tape, I mean, yeah. Yerby might have scored. He might have scored on that play if Trevor Darling kidding me, Gary. Oh, my God. Really? They had the Oh, they had a wall lined up on the left side of the field. It was such a well-designed play. And... Uh, just a great call by James Coley, and if if Darling just totally whiffed on that guy, he took a bad angle, and the, the guy was able to make a shoestring tackle on um, on year B. And I'm telling you, that thing would have gone for massive yardage, and he might have scored.
10: And if he doesn't even score, like you said, we're down there in scoring range with a chance to win it.
1: Oh there's no question about it. No question oh. about it. And you know, it, it just goes to show you how fleeting success is. And, you know, I've been listening to the radio a lot the last couple of years. People are calling up. They're ripping James Coley. Oh, he was too conservative. Baloney, James Coley had a great game plan and called a really good game. And, um, he absolutely you know, he did. He can't help it if a pass is overthrown. Um, he can't help it if Standish Dobard fumbles when he's, you know, after a big, big game. He can't help mm-hmm. some of those. They, they had two critical illegal motion penalties in the game that put them in, like, second and third and 16 situations. Uh, that kill other drives. That they, don't, they only had because Florida State was doing well six possessions in the second half. So, yeah, and, and that's including the one at the end of the game. So, you know, James Coley had a very good game plan and coached a very good game, and um, the, the execution and, and just the solid play wasn't just wasn't there. Yeah, you can't I blame the Gary.
10: One hundred percent. dropped no. that
1: ball. Sorry, that no, was a you great ball. And
10: you know he had it. But Gary, if you you know, and I watched that play over and over, he didn't have it in the meat of him. He kinda had it on the side a little bit. And that's when he hit the ground, since it wasn't really into his chest, it was able to pop out. And you know, that's just dumb luck. I mean, you know
1: well, he I needed to catch ten his hands and he didn't do it.
10: Yeah. Yeah,
1: and he didn't do it. And he and knows no, that now. Ta- we talked to Braxton oh, for- today about it. He he knows he knows he should. He needs to catch the ball with his hands. He tried to cradle it in his body, and it popped out on him. It popped out.
10: And, you know, here talking about that missed block by Trevor Darling, hey, there you go, another freshman. You know, maybe if we're not down Gabois and uh, uh, that, you know, the uh, what's his name, McDermott's brother, who was, you know, the best lineman coming out of college last year, you know, maybe he's not even playing out there at that time. So that, you know, that goes to – Freshmen make freshmen. Hey, how mistakes? about if Malcolm
1: Bunch doesn't transfer to UCLA? How big was that? I mean, you look That's at some of the things that happened Malcolm Bunch, a veteran lineman, transferring oh. to UCLA for his last year.
10: Yep. And even though Trevor Darling, in my opinion, I think you will agree with me, is a more talented and has a lot more upside than a Malcolm Bunch did, but Malcolm Bunch is a senior, and I guarantee you, Gary, Malcolm Bunch probably doesn't blow that block, and Yerby probably goes
1: for, I don't know, 40 yards. You know what I mean? Hey, a yeah, a, a year from now, Trevor Darling probably doesn't blow that block. Exactly, exactly. He's a freshman. So yeah, playing with freshmen—that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen.
10: So uh, on to my second point, Gary, recruiting. Um, okay, coming from the game, I know it was packed. It was that you know we had more recruits than anyone probably has ever had all season long at one game, especially top end recruits. You know, and I'll tell you, I'm bummed out we lost the game because I'm a diehard cage fan, so I'm, of course, upset about it. But from a recruiting standpoint, I feel like, Gary, Whether we had two options that were going to help us in recruiting. We either won the game, obvious help you, or we play a hell of a game and take them down the wire and almost win the game and really in the game. And we were there. So, I mean, what's your feedback? I mean, i got to feel that kids feel good about this and, we're probably going to get some kids to commit out of it the way we played Saturday night.
1: Let's be honest. You're talking about a program that has struggled for several years that has lost four games now this year that doesn't have a signature victory on the board. The best victory of the year um, is maybe a tie between beating Duke at home and that road game against the Virginia tech team. uh, That's extremely average. Mm-hmm. So you take all of that into consideration and, and 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 be realistic about it. They are that performance on on Saturday night uh, gave them as great of a level of respect with that base of recruits that's out there as could ever be wished for. And now that's what I'm they've just Jerry. yeah, absolutely right. And 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 now they have to go out there and they got to do a good job these last few months and 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 try to get their share of them. Yeah. I agree. You know, I, and I think there's a lot of room to be better. Oh, absolutely.
10: And I think with, uh, you know, uh, with what went down in Florida, Champ being out, maybe now there's an opportunity to steal a couple kids from there that were maybe more leaning to them. Now we have an opportunity to say, hey, you know, all right, well, champ's out, so why don't you look a little more at us? And, uh, you know, there's there's an opportunity there to snag kids that were leaning
1: to Florida. Let's just put it that way. I believe
10: so, and I think you'd agree with that.
1: Um, uh, there could be. You know, yeah. their, their recruiting class is not in, in very good shape right now. <laughs> you know, they're like the number 70th recruiting class in the country right now. Uh, they've only got nine commits. Only two of them are four stars. Uh, so, Florida is no place right now in recruiting. And I'm not sure how many of those kids on their board right now that you really want, to be honest with you.
10: No, Gary, I was more thinking just kids that maybe were leaning to Florida that haven't yeah. committed yet, that maybe now, hey, your coach that you were leaning to is out. Now we look a little bit, even a little bit better to them.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, that's it's, what I was thinking. It's a possibility. And, you know, I, I think it's also going to be. Interesting to see who Florida hires as their head coach, and and that could impact recruiting. So, a a lot less to develop in the 2015 recruiting effort. Yeah,
10: and one more question about recruiting, Gary, and I'll get to my last point, and then I'll get out of here so some other guys can get on. Um, that new linebacker we picked up, uh, recruit for 2016, um, dude's a stud, and uh, you, we don't have him ranked on uh, Rivals. Is there a reason why he's not ranked?
1: Um, they just haven't given him a ranking yet, and I and I did send an email today to the rivals team uh, and asked them to take a look at that um, because okay, you're right, he, he does look very good. His junior, you know, you got to realize he's in the middle of his junior year right now. Uh, uh-huh. He's an emerge, he's an emerging kid that's not really on the radar yet. But yeah. when you look at his tape of his junior season, oh,
10: uh, it's pretty
5: unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it, you, you know you, you got to realize you know these. These kids develop at different times, and they're all young kids, you know.
5: But he, yeah, he's had exactly. a very
1: good junior year. That's why he got offered by Miami. And he'll have a ranking soon, I'm sure.
10: And six three two fifteen 215 already, uh, Gary, as a junior. So you know he's yeah. coming in already, D1 college, big-time college football already, uh, physically-wise,
1: you know. He's going to get bigger. Still has another, you know, almost two years to develop. So we'll see, yeah, you know, exactly. we'll see how he does here. But yes, he he is great junior tape.
10: Yeah, oh yeah. The guy the guy's a get, you know, and a lot of people I think I think they'll get a four star rating. That's just my opinion. Uh but he's a he's definitely a get for us. And our uh, last thing, Gary, is uh, coaching. Um any uh chance we get T Rob from Florida, do you think I mean the guy's just such a great recruiter. I, I just take him on recruiting alone. You
1: know. Uh if, think if the changes are made on defense I would say there's a chance. I mean He's probably going to be looking for a job unless they retain him. He's the kind of guy yeah. that was such a key recruiter for them that they might retain him. Yeah, I can see that happening. I yeah, can I can see, see Florida retaining him, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know what I mean?
10: Like if we were to lose Golden,
1: I absolutely see us retaining Colt. Kind of, I think exactly. it's like exactly. very comparable to that. the guy want to retain, right? Right, exactly. Oh, oh absolutely.
10: Oh, and yeah. then my last thing about coaching, uh, I heard you talk to another caller who brought up uh, the possibility of losing out the Rutgers. And, you know, um, you know, I can see them definitely being interested now, being he's a New Jersey guy and, you know, recruits well up there. Um, I've also heard uh, some rumors about if Mike London gets let go, you know, with Al's connections at UVA, that could yep. be another program that comes a calling. Um, and, you know, it, that's if Al decides to go to those places. Let's be honest. Yes, the pressure is way less at a Rutgers or UVA, but let's be honest. If you want to compete, Gary, for national championships – you're not doing it at Rutgers and UVA. I'm sorry. You're just not. Some schools well, are never going to have the recruiting uh, to get the job done. And Miami, we are one of those ones that does have the recruiting to get that done. Um, so we don't know if Al's willing to take that. Maybe Al just says, you know what, I'm done with the pressure. I'm not really worried about a national championship. I'd rather just you know, go up there and I guess maybe be a little bit less uh, uh, stressed out. But if he does go... Um, I would have to say, you know if he goes to a Rutgers, then you just get that I don't know about you, Gary, but you go and get that last Rutgers coach before this guy. you go get Shiano. you know we could have had him in o six, but you know no. Donna, from what I heard, didn't want to pay what he was asking. I heard he was willing to come,
1: Gary I don't know there there have been a lot of there's been a lot of speculation about that. I'm not sure that that's true, but we we don't really know right now what what where Shiano's looking. I mean, I think he will get hired somewhere this year. Uh, but yeah, don't know who's interested in them. It, it, you very rarely see coaches go back to where they were. Uh, it, it worked for a guy like Bill Snyder, um, but it's it's not something that you see very often. You know, usually when coaches yeah. leave, they're they, they're gone and 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 they don't go yeah. back to where they've been. So I'd be surprised yeah. if Shiano ended up being the answer there. Um, but honestly, no, I no, not no the answer
10: at Rutgers. I'm talking the answer for us here. If Al
1: goes to Rutgers. Oh, if Golden That's were to leave, I mean. Shiano would absolutely be a candidate at Miami. No question oh, about oh. it. Yes. Now, He's whether he would fit, I don't. I don't know, you know. But he would, without question, be a candidate. Um, and then I, my last know, thing: it's, it's oh, premature, ahead. and I wasn't trying to suggest that Al Golden's going to leave. Um, I just do think there might be some inquiries. I don't think we're going to hear about him this time around. To be honest with you, I think his agent um, got so, He's is going to so keep scarred. it quiet this time. Well, he's so smart from the Penn State experience that if he does get a call from anybody, I'm not, I'm not sure he'll, he's going to mention it to too many people. Um, but yeah. um, I would not be surprised if either of those places at some point did make inquiries, because the one thing that people know from the Penn State thing is that Al Golden would leave Miami. I, I think they know that, and I think that the, you know, the other thing that people might look at is. Uh, and look to exploit the fact that he has to be frustrated with some of the things that went on this year, the criticism that he took, um, the banners over the stadium, things like that. It's not the type of environment you want to coach under and live under, and I would not be the least bit surprised if Al Golden, the businessman who could have an opportunity to get a sizable raise and buy the next five years of his life in greater peace, um, I wouldn't be shocked if he found that appealing. Um and and t- and tells them, you, know, but you know that's just that's just speculation. Nobody really knows what he's really thinking.
10: Yeah, he has a. he got the, a very good. To say one thing on what you just said, um, you know, let's also remember this too. Um, we we don't know really what kind of guy Al Golden is. What what internally drives him? I can see him going home to Penn State because, like I said before, Penn State is one of those schools like us that has the clout. And that has the national exposure and has the recruiting to get it done and win a national championship. And I just, you know, I think you'd agree with me. UVA and Rutgers don't got that, Gary. And I don't think that they're never, those places aren't ever going to have that. Uh, in my opinion, I've been watching college football for 30 years. I just don't think it's going to happen, you know? So, it's, would he rather have peace and quiet and make a nice salary, or does he rather, you know, have a shot for a national championship every year? Um, but take the pressure that comes with it. You know what I mean?
1: Well, I mean you're right. We we don't know what his priorities are, but if I'm looking at it totally objectively, and I'm looking at a situation up there in New Jersey where you could come, go, go, essentially go back home. It's very similar to a Penn State. You're going mm-hmm. back home to, to your home state. You're going to be looked at as the savior um gonna be an absolute god.
6: <laughs>
1: you you know, you you're gonna be looked at as the guy who who has good relationships with the high school community in the state of New Jersey from his time as an assistant coach, his time as a head coach at Temple. Um there's a lot of positives to that situation. You know, oh, yeah. plus you're buying five years of, of a honeymoon really yeah. if you look at it honestly. And let's be honest,
10: you up there, let's be honest. We went nine and four last year. And we, as Canes fans, were like, what the
1: hell, you know? You
10: go nine and four at Rutgers, and, you know, you're pretty secure
1: in your job world.
10: Now, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah,
1: Al Golden, he's, you know? he's 45 years old now. Um, You know, he's making a lot of money, and, and that's five more years. Of, you know, you have to figure they'd have to offer him $4 million a year, probably, to get him to, to come there. Leave Miami, uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's another that's another $20 million over the next five years, and he's a businessman, cool. and, you know, I just... You know I'm not trying to stir the pot here by any stretch of the imagination um I just do I do think and and I've heard been hearing this for a year now that he is on the radar at a couple of these places and if so if that phone call ever goes to his agent um I don't think anybody knows whether he would have interest or not. You know, I mean, he's facing a situation in Miami next year where he has to win, or there's a strong chance that he's going to get fired.
9: Yeah, you're right, you know, Gary. If no, if, you're
1: right. If he's not playing for the ACC championship next year in year five, He'll probably be out of here. There's a pretty strong chance that he's going to be replaced.
10: Yeah, absolutely.
1: You know, and, and, and you know, Gary. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Tough situation. I mean, let's be honest. And he has not been embraced by this community the way I'm sure he hoped to be. And he has not been embraced by the fan base. Yeah. No, it, you know, it's true. And, you know, has been an absolute uphill battle. From day one, and mm-hmm. continues to be. I mean, he's sitting there fighting the battle of his life to try to get Tim Irvin to commit. Yeah. Tim Irvin, who's related to Michael Irvin.
5: Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, it, it's you know, it, it, this has not been the the easiest thing in the world. The kids at Booker T haven't committed yet. Yeah. Um and we, have, and we have and we have their thing. old
10: coach on the staff, which
1: yeah, boggles their my old mind. On you know? the staff. And they haven't committed yet. Now, how would you feel yeah. about that if you're Al Golden? No,
10: okay. How about Although, Carlton, you know, I'll be honest you, with you in the end, Gary. I, I think those kids are going to commit. I just think they, well, you know. And, and like they might.
1: Kids. They, 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 they wanna... might. Look how difficult it is. How about Carlton Davis, Miami-Norland, committed to Ohio State? Miami can't be yeah. recruiting them any harder than they are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, then you go into the Florida State game and you're sitting there watching Dalvin Cook beat you and Travis yeah. Rudolph beat you. And, and all the kids from from the the state of Miami, tri-county area, that, that has to be the foundation for your own team. And now, you know, they're up at Florida State and they're beating you. <laughs> you know, I mean. And I
10: I think losing some of those guys, Gary, you know, had to do with being, you know, uh, I, I hate the word cloud, but being under the NCAA scrutiny for those three years. Because you and I both know recruiting, people who know recruiting, people think, who don't know recruiting think it's, oh, yeah, this year, we're on these guys this year. It's a three-year process. And, you know, three years ago when we are recruiting Dalvin Cook and Travis Rudolph, we're, you know, it just got announced that 2011, we're going to get slapped hard. You know what I mean? But let's let's
1: be honest. They didn't lose any of those kids because of the Nevin Shapiro deal. They just lost. They
10: lost.
1: They just lost. lost I mean, yeah, man, we got – People got to get out of the excuse business. You know, I got another bone to pick, the thing I've been hearing, and I mentioned one of them earlier this year with this whole turn the corner thing. Um, another one is this, oh, if if the Louisville, Nebraska, and Georgia Tech games were played over again today, no way Miami loses those games. I mean, that's absurd. I mean, you know, you can't yeah. really play football season. Yeah, you this season's almost no, over. Can't. In, in in eleven days, the season's done. It's history. Okay, you're gonna sit here and, and play what ifs. You could go back and replay all the games. No, people got to stop looking for excuses, um, and you know you, you just got to you got to deal with what's reality. And that's just the way I feel about it. All right, no, game? I agree.
10: Yeah, and then just one last thing, Gary. And uh, one guy brought this up, and I couldn't agree more. If you know Al goes to a Rutgers or UVA, and Muschamp is available. You bring Muschamp in here and you keep Coley as the OC, and I like that because, let's be honest, Muschamp why? wasn't
1: – He just failed as the head coach at Florida.
10: The <laughs> only reason because his he, his offense is what undid him. And, yeah, you know, guys
1: it, it, it might why. be the right OC. That's one of the best jobs in America, Florida. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. And I'm he failed saying, there. You know, he why would he be appealing as a head coach? I don't know, it just, I, I, I remember hard him as the D.C. I, I've loved your call, but, I mean, why would a guy that failed at Florida be appealing as the head coach of Miami?
10: Well, I mean, wouldn't you think he'd be a candidate? Well, you, you'd you have to say he'd at least be a candidate for a, a D.C. position, a top yeah, I love D.C. Him. position. He's
1: one of the best defensive coordinators in the country.
10: Yeah, exactly. You, know, really? hard... you, know, you but... know, maybe a guy like that, though, Gary, with the right offensive coordinator could have got it done. Yeah, we don't know that. You know what I mean? It, it could have, but, no, I, I see your point. He just failed at one of the best jobs in the country. Um, but I do love him as a D.C., and I know, you, you know, you said it before. You do, too. Um, although I think D'Onofrio coached a hell of a game, so I think he's going to be with us next year.
5: He coached and that's great. Okay.
1: If he had coached that level of game in those other games earlier this year, uh, oh, yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree they might have won, but he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. You know, so well, that's over. it,
10: Gary. That- that's all I have, and uh, you know, thanks for taking the time talking to
1: me. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. You got it, man. Hey, great call. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's move on to the seven seven zero. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice, right? You'll have to call back. Um, let's go to the seven zero six, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight?
2: What's up, Gary? This is C. Bastion calling you from the Columbus GA. How are you?
1: Doing good, man. How are you doing this evening?
2: I'm doing pretty good, man. Like that, I, I, you like know, style it, you, it, brought, it's you brought just, to
1: your, uh, your entrance there.
2: <laughs> it's just amazing how accurate you are, man. And sometimes it, you, you, as much as I love college football, you force me to kind of change my perspective, my paradigm. Well, I have to actually think about some things, but... I've enjoyed the show, but there's a couple things I just wanted to bring to your attention I don't want to ramble. The first thing I have to do is I have to give the coaches uh, a lot of credit for getting those guys prepared. You know, when you're on prime time, you're playing against Florida State, as a Kane fan, we could have just actually been embarrassed. And a couple weeks ago when you didn't have any happy Canes fan, we could be those guys tonight, and we're not. So we got to kind of be pleased with that. Uh the execution in the first half was just absolutely phenomenal. I think we really, really have Florida State shaken. And the Miami Florida State game is different than any type of game because Florida State success hinges on the fact that they can continue to get South Florida talent. And we talked about a lot a lot about that tonight. If you take Davin Cook away from Florida State on Saturday night, I don't think Florida State walks out with a victory. What do you think about that? I
6: agree.
1: Dalvin Cook and Travis Rudolph. You take those two out of that ball game, I don't think they win. And,
2: and, and, and as talented as Florida State is, how much debt that they have, they didn't have to deal with the NCAA investigation. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, they won a national championship last year. I'm just telling you, Gary, if you take those two kids away, Miami missed a lot of opportunities. We don't have to talk about that. But if you take those two players away last night, the Canes Nation is a totally different place. We're talking about completely different things. And I'll say this to the cows come home. Florida State is a successful program as long as they can continue to get the South Florida talent. And I can always tell when Miami is getting ready to make the turn and starting to be successful is when they start to keeping some of those kids home. Duke Johnson begins to cramp up in the fourth quarter. You put Dalvin Cook on our team. And what do you think – how do you think we look like now? You understand what I'm saying? So, you know – I. It's it's really, really tough because, you know, I've been hard on the coaches this year, but, man, they have really, really shown some improvement from some of the breakdowns we saw towards the beginning of the year. And I've heard, i read a story where they said, uh, a couple of NFL teams, scouts have said, there's no team in college football that has made such a great improvement from week one to week ten than what the University of Miami football looks like. And, and so that's not me saying that. That's just somebody from the outside saying that. So, uh, to me – I'm not going to spend my time and my energy bashing Al Golden and what the defense didn't do. I'm not saying D'Onofrio saved his job against Florida State, but my gosh, those guys played hard. They didn't embarrass us. They didn't just have a bunch of defensive breakdowns. They went against the Heisman Trophy winner, and they didn't give up a huge amount of explosive plays. They didn't give up a 60-yard touchdown. You know, I mean, Florida State earned that victory, so let's just pause for a second and even though we're kind of disappointed with the outcome, let's just recognize some of that. But I'll say it again: Florida State is a top ten program as long as they can get South Florida talent. They can get a lot of players from a lot of different places. I like Ramsey from um, Tennessee, but if you take away Ermon Lane, Dalvin Cook, if you take away um, you know Travis Rudolph. You know, you take away a Matthew Thomas. I'm just telling you, you start, just start cherry-picking. I'm just telling you, Florida State is a totally different thing. That's why I was really, really frustrated and now my family got on me because I said, if there's any team we have to beat, we have to beat a Florida State because they know it. They know it. They know they can't live off of not being able to get our players. So what do you think about that? And then I'm going to go on to my other two points.
1: I agree with everything you've said so far. You know, they they are – an elite team when they're getting kids from South Florida and when they were not getting kids from South Florida for, for several years, they were not an elite team.
2: We're not. Uh, It ran Bobby Bowden out the door, you know, I mean, it ran Bobby Bowden out the door, a legend, a coaching legend, but it ran him out the door, you know? So, uh, you know, I just want to kind of say that for what it is. Something. uh, Okay. Now we can go back to the games as far as the missed opportunities My gosh, you know, sometimes when they say football is really a game of inches, I mean, you can't throw a more prettier, perfect, professional ball than what I call my Peyton Manning threw to Braxton Berrios. I mean, in tight coverage. If I'm an NFL scout and I'm looking at that particular throw that you have to kind of make in the NFL in such a tight window, I mean, he couldn't have placed it any other place. And in the first half, there wasn't many balls that he threw that was just like lame ducks that just weren't on the mark. I mean, they were like flawless, phenomenal throws. What do you think about my quarterback?
8: Totally
1: agree. I, I thought he, he made some unbelievable throws in that game. And everybody, every NFL team, for the most part, was at that game. And uh, trust me, Brad Kaya very much is going to be watched by the NFL the next few years. Um, he is a kid that looks like he's just going to be phenomenal and it's going to be fun to see what he looks like a year from now when he goes through a year of strength and conditioning and, and gets physically stronger, plus spends all that time in the offseason to continuing to develop as a cerebral quarterback. And he's been pretty damn good this year. Um, uh, you know, I, I think Brad Kaya should just be off the charts as a sophomore and junior. And at that point, I'm guessing he'll go into the NFL draft.
2: You know, the other thing I'm thinking about is, you know, when you're a true freshman, you're always having to coordinate with the coordinator because he really sees the game a lot quicker than you do. And so when his mind catches up with his physical talent, I think we're going to be in a pretty, pretty special place. Um, Some other things I wanted to kind of point on, I wanted to talk about is where is Cortell Jenkins? I mean, where is her Waters? I don't know what happened where, you know, where we have – some talent that we could utilize i just didn't see him on the field i don't even think i saw cortell get in the game did he i mean i watched the game i want to look at it um, again gonna, did he get in the I'll game check, at all
1: i'm going to check the participation report right now while we um while we're talking i'm i'm pretty sure he did play a little bit but i think they were trying to go with uh their more experienced guys in in that game the other night so i don't know that he played a whole heck of a lot um but, yes, he did play. Um, but, uh, Cortell, you know, he's a freshman. shouldn't be out there at all, to be honest with you. He should have been redshirted yeah. this year. Uh, but, but you know, they didn't redshirt him. Then they chose to play him. But, but you know, in my opinion, a guy like Cortell Jenkins should be the floor of what they're recruiting at defensive line. And I, I think, that's, I, I think to I me, that's part of the problem they have right now. Um, you got to have better players than Cortell Jenkins play in defensive line for the Miami Hurricanes to be the type of team that's going to win as much as this program's expected to win. Just my opinion, I, they, I think they got to set the ceiling uh, higher. No, I, 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 I totally agree. You uh, can't keep recruiting Cortell Jenkins. you got to start getting better players than that. Um, I, totally
2: to, I totally agree. I totally agree. There's a kid uh, in Alabama, I think, around the Birmingham area, named Deron Payne. I mean, it's going to come down. It looks like between Mississippi State, Alabama, and Auburn, six-two, three hundred and forty defensive tackle. I mean, he's Javante Valentine from last year. You know, it just, you know, we need we need to start recruiting that elite talent or whatnot. But I want I want to well, just that, take a minute. I just to want to just
1: j- r- the whole Jesper Frank question and can he recruit players like that? And and so far he has not shown that he can and. You know, they're—they're. They're, I wouldn't say they're bottom feeding because they're obviously still Miami, but they're recruiting from the next tier. They're not recruiting from the elite tier of defensive linemen in the country, and that's a big part of the problem they're having right now on defense. And before you go on, I'm going to answer your question on Herb Waters. Um, the problem he's been having this year is the coaches have not been happy with how he's been practicing. Um, specifics on that, uh. I don't matter to you. I don't I don't have that for you, but I, I do know that they have not been happy with his effort and his performance on the practice field, and that's why other guys have been playing ahead of him.
11: Okay, okay. See, that's the inside
2: story that I can't really see that you really provide me insight with. So when I watch the game, I can kind of, you know, I can calm down because I kind of got a little insight of what actually what's going, going on. Because yeah. I just but, thought but the receivers, they blocked Anomaly, but just I know. just felt like they just were a little bit gassed.
1: Yeah, let me just tell you something though. All that said, on that that Braxton Berrios play, uh, personally for me, I would have rather had a more seasoned herb waters out there trying to make that catch. Exactly. That
2: <laughs> that's, that's the point state. I was trying to get at. I mean, I'm giving Braxton all the credit in the world but he's five foot nine, five inch, foot eight and a half, or something like that, and just a couple of inches taller. I mean, just a little bit more seasoned route running, a little bit more mature DB. I mean, he put that ball. I've watched that play several times. Um, you know, Florida State has they have NFL caliber defensive backs. I mean, they're not you're not just going to earn – you're not going to get anything cheap on him. But he threw a phenomenal ball. And I'm sitting up here just saying, man, you know, that's the kind of throw you need to make against a Virginia Tech with their defensive backs. I mean, they're, you know, it has to be a perfect throw or you're
1: going to pay for it. Look, look at the bulk of the guys that made the critical errors the other night. Stan Dobard, sophomore. Yes. Um, Sonny yep. Odogwu with an absolute boneheaded late hit penalty on yep. the sideline. Um, Michael Weirich
8: face man
1: barely played michael weish who's barely played um braxton barry i was a great kid scrappy kid good freshman here but he's a freshman that's a tough moment for a true freshman uh, in that game and um he drops the ball um you know you could go on and on and on miami was very much victimized the other night by their inexperienced players
2: so so gary with that being with that being said you know i took a long time for me to get there couldn't we really, really take a pause for a second and say that maybe it's not so much an issue of talent but the fact that we don't have you know the the absolute in other words, our roster not filled with a lot of that elite talent, and then the talent that we have may be used in kind of inexperience, but from a coaching aspect, I just saw a game where we just a bounce here, a bounce there, an extra point. We make we kicking a field goal going into overtime. You know, you know. I mean, it's just so many little things that could have changed, really, the kind of outcome of the game. That on for this particular week, I'm gonna give a pass to coaching and say that I think they really put together a pretty decent game plan and a couple of plays here or there, and we'll be a totally different Cane Nation today.
1: Yeah, no, no argument for me.
2: Okay, so now I, I, I want I want to talk a little bit on the on the recruiting front. Okay, I don't. What can you tell me as far as the kind of stipulations and the penalties that we inherit with the sanctions or with everything? Because this is the first game where I've kind of saw them read up on the message boards and seeing all the reports as far as recruit coming down and actually seeing. Miami and their whole football operation and their campus and everything that they have to offer. And a lot of it has been pretty, pretty positive. And it hasn't been like that the last couple of weeks. And um, I just don't know if we've made that much of an inroad and built that deep of a relationship where it's going to yield us some fruit because when I look at our recruiting class, the talent is really
7: weighted towards the offensive end and we really need to spend some time investing on a defensive end. What can you share with me about that?
1: Defensive recruiting has to get better than what it is. It's nowhere near good enough right now. What that means, you know, I don't know. That's Al Golden's job to figure that out. Um, you know, we all out here in, in the world have had our opinions. There's been obviously a lot of calls the whole year, going back two years now, uh, for changes on defensive staff. Um, if the guys there can get it done, you know, that's great. Um, I, I think you could find a lot of guys that can coach those positions at the level that they're being coached at right now. They need to get yep. more recruiters on this staff. They, they must. Yep. There's one elite recruiter on this coaching staff right now, and that's James Coley. They need yep. more, period, yeah. period, period. And if they don't, you know, you're going to be sitting here and you're going to have a lot of seasons like this one where everyone's woulda, shoulda, coulding to death. You're losing a few games. You're out of the ACC championship race. Um, you're sitting there saying, "Oh, geez, wish we could play all these games we lost, you know, back uh, over again. Maybe we'd win them this time." You know, that's all a bunch of BS. Okay, you need more impact yeah. players on the field—guys that'll make a difference in a game like Saturday night. The way Florida State had—they had Jameis Winston, they had Ramsey uh, on defense, who was an absolute game-changing player a five-star from Tennessee that they were able to get to come to Florida State. Got to have more guys like that. Miami has a lot of very good players. You've got guys like Dion Bush, who as a junior now is starting to develop, who had a great game the other night. But he didn't change that ball game the way that Ramsey changed that game. And that's because Dion yeah. Bush is a good player, but he's not a great player. Ramsey is a great player. He, he changed that game the other night. Dalvin Cook is a great player. He changed that game yeah. the other night. And you got to have great yeah. players when you get to the big <clears throat> ball game.
2: And, 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 we, and we, when, when my definition of a great player, and you can tell me if this is what you think of a great player, Ramsey is a true sophomore. Davin Cook is a true freshman. I'm talking about somebody that walks into your program and pushes all the other good players that you have on your team and says, you know what, you know, I, th- I there's no way you can keep me on the field. It's kind of like a Brad Kai, you know, comes out of nowhere – I mean, from the day he enters into the program, you start taking notice. And as the weeks kind of come along, because Dalvin didn't look like Dalvin against Miami didn't look like Dalvin against during the first game of the season, but you, grad, you know that you have a, a horse inside your program that's really going to be kicking butt and taking names. And I got to say, Gary, we we've, we've just lost. And the recruiting battles over the last couple of years, that's what we've actually lost. And I'm not not—I'm not sure if it's a correlation about the cloud and the sanctions and all that other stuff, but you need one, two, three of those every single year to really, really, really be a great program. Would you agree with me on that?
1: Yes, absolutely. No
2: question
7: about it. So, all
1: right, let me let some other people get on. Uh, great call. And um, give us a buzz again next week.
7: Sounds good. Just keep me on hold, Gary.
1: You got it. Hey, great call. Thank you. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. Let's go out now to the 718, where you're now live on game Sport Live.
12: Hey, what's up, Gary? BK Hurricane. Hey, what's up, BK? How are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I haven't called in a couple of weeks, but, you know, you know just working and stuff like that. But, uh, you, you know, I watched the game on Saturday night, and, you know, a lot of great calls in tonight, but, uh, you know, people pretty much just hit uh, everything that's on people's mind in terms of what's going to happen with the coaching staff, this, that, and the other. But, you know, that kid number eight on Florida State, uh, what's his name? The kid that was all over the field. Ramsey. Ramsey. Oh, my God. This kid is the best football player I've seen in a year. He's
1: phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He reminds me <laughs> of, like, Ed Reed and Sean Taylor.
12: Oh, my God. The kid was amazing. He was a one-man wrecking crew. Everywhere, making plays
1: everywhere, blitzing the quarterbacks, stripping fumbles, blocking kicks. The kid was
12: everywhere. That just like, show you how one impact player could affect an entire defense.
1: Well, yeah, that's what I've just been ranting and raving about for the last oh, five.
12: Minutes. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's crazy. Um, all right, quick one thing. Um, you know, I've been listening in, and people have been talking about the defensive tackles and things like that. Do we have solid defensive tackles committed to the program right now? No. No, wow. So we're going to be dipping in the junior college ranks again.
1: Well, hopefully they can find somebody you know who can come in and make an impact in the junior oh, college. Oh
12: they're range. probably so, a little like bit have been doing the last four years.
1: I mean, they got to do a little bit better than what Michael Weiss did this year. That was devastating for this program that Michael Weiss didn't show up better than he did. That, that, that. You know, he was the guy that they picked. You know, they picked him to be the guy that was be that was going to be the difference maker against the run, and he wasn't. And they got killed by the run this year.
12: Yeah, they did. They did. They did. I mean, it's a shame that um, that I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if they're getting into the game late, or if they feel that there are other priorities along, you know, somewhere along the defense. But you know, defensive tackle. BK, they, you need, know, they need is recruiters. number one. You know.
1: They, Bk, they need better recruiters on that side of the ball. I mean, I'm just being honest. Wow. You know, I mean, Hurley Brown's doing a, seems to be doing a very good job. Um, he, he's a good recruiter, seems to bond well with the kids. Uh, he's a young coach. This is just his first year coaching linebackers. Um, but they need to recruit better on that side of the ball. They're, they're not getting enough out of Coach D'Onofrio, Coach Franklin, or Coach Williams in recruiting. They have to get more out of those guys recruiting, or they've got to find better coaches to bring in. And until they do, I don't know how they can turn the corner and and get better than what they are.
12: Yeah, I just think it's crazy that that we don't have a solid defensive tackle recruited. I mean, committed or thinking about being committed at this point. That we have to dip at the last minute into the junior college ranks and hopefully somebody that could make it in by January. Because if they can't make it in by January, what's the point? You know, what's the point of even recruiting the position? if they can't make it in by January because they probably won't have much of an impact this year, well, next year.
1: You know, beating Georgia Tech has to be an automatic. <laughs> you can't lose to Georgia Tech because you can't stop the run. Right. That destroys your season. <laughs> you know, and you're, then you're going on to the next season and you still haven't fixed the problem and, and you're losing to Georgia Tech again because you can't stop the run.
3: Oh, that's...
1: You know, they, know. they should have lost to Georgia. They almost lost to Georgia Tech that, that year when Eddie Johnson made that great play. Right. And um, they they got out of dodge in that game, and then the next game between against Georgia Tech, from what I remember, um, or maybe it was the, the third one. Um, Georgia Tech, mo- you know, moved the ball fairly well. Just had turnovers that allowed Miami to win the game. But they they are not defending Georgia Tech at the level that they need to defend Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech's in the coastal, so you got to be you got to beat Florida State every year, and and you got to be able to stop the run and beat Georgia Tech. And right. there's no compromising, there's no excuses. I mean, you have to be good enough to do it. And and you know that that's that's where my opinions are coming from.
12: So you think it's pretty much you know lack of getting in defensive talent over the last four years is is the problem? Strong defensive talent.
1: Well, I think it was part of the problem this year. And I think the other part of the problem was they didn't scheme well enough. Right.
12: You
1: know, they made it way too easy for Georgia Tech.
12: Right, but do you see or do you think if Al Golden decides to stay or, or if he stays, do you think he'll make any changes along the, you know, anywhere? Cause
1: no no I idea. Think,
12: it's not, I don't it's not think his he will. style.
1: It's not his style. He's a very loyal guy.
12: Yeah, I don't think he will. I, I just don't think he will. I mean, Listen, like, we're at a he point knew, now where he I feel that... knew
1: after that bowl game last year, BK,
12: he knew <laughs> that if the defense
1: wasn't significantly better this year, that he was going to be taking bullets. He knew that. There's no doubt he knew that. And he chose to take the bullets.
12: And he took the bullets this year also. Yeah, he's taken
1: a lot of bullets this year. He's lucky he's still standing all the bullets he's taken. Right. And only because of how well they've played in the last month is he is he still standing? Right. Because the bullets were raining in on him after that Georgia Tech loss.
3: Oh okay.
1: But they played a great game. They played a really good game against Cincinnati. They played a great game in Blacksburg, and they played a great game against North Carolina. And that stopped it. It stopped the fire. So, my God. That's, you know, that's crazy. Just, that's it, man. That's the real situation. What else you got? You got anything no, else tonight?
12: That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. All right, man. It, we're gonna on going
1: to move on to hey, Thank you. All right, we'll do. Thank you as always for being part of the show. All right, 646 595 2048. The Canes Nation having its weekly summit meeting on Canes Sport Live. And we go out now to the 240, where you are now live on Canes Sport Live.
2: What's up, Gary? This is D Black 21.
1: Hey, what's up, D Black? How you doing this week?
2: Not much, you know, I've been off for a couple of weeks, but uh came back this week to give my little quick synopsis of everything I saw um
1: you just you got the floor All uh, right, cool
2: i uh wrote some some notes down, and uh Uh-oh. <laughs> the game was good the game was it was a great game, both teams play hard, both teams play physical. that's what you expect from a miami Florida state game, but um, I'm not gonna. Give the coaches credit because that's what they're supposed to do. They get paid millions of dollars to get the children ready for a game of that magnitude, and they did what they were supposed to do. Your coaches—that's what you get paid for—to get the children ready, and that's what they did. So kudos to that. But I'm not gonna say I'm gonna give them credit. No, you did what you were supposed to do, and that's good enough. Cool. Now, uh, I'm gonna go down the list here. I'm gonna be—I'm gonna be short, but I'm definitely gonna be strong. Deion Bush. You mentioned he's good, but he's not great. But sometimes players are great because of the defensive scheme that they're in, and the defensive and the defensive coordinator basically caters to his strength. So I think that's what is going on with Deion Bush, just like with Ramsey. Don't get me wrong; Ramsey Ramsey's a good, a great player. But guess but they what? They do
1: cater to his strength. Yes, you're right. And exactly. Their coaches
2: put him all over the field. All over him the go field.
1: He's always in a position to make a play. You're right. Always.
2: Always. And our defensive coaches, they don't do that with without with some of our defensive players, like like uh, Bush or even Carter. Or You know what I'm saying? Those, those, we should be doing a lot more corner blitzes and stuff like that. But my point is they don't put our, our playmakers on defense in positions to make plays like that, to be a one-man wrecking crew. Now, the D line coach, he needs to go. I know everybody's been talking about it. I know you said he he he, he works hard, but guess what? If you can't develop, and you can't teach them more than a bull rush, then you have to go. If you can't teach them a swim move, a spin, a rip and pull, or something else besides a bull rush, you have to go.
1: Period. What are you doing when that you practice? Black, they get they got nothing. They get nothing out of the defensive line.
0: They get nothing.
1: nothing. I mean. Nothing. I mean, you'll get an occasional <laughs> de- okay rush by McCord every now and then. But for the most part, they're getting nothing out of the defensive line. Let's be honest. A-
2: A- exactly. And on the McCord, you know, you know, if McCord was held about four times that the refs did not call it. And it was one play in particular where McCord was past the left tackle, and the left tackle reached around and grabbed the back of his jersey And the referee did not call hold, But that's me to hit on there. I'm not going to make no excuses. Like you said, we got to stop making excuses, and I definitely am not going to be one of those guys because that's just not me. Now, Joseph Yerby, the people on this board, on this phone and on the board, they talk about the young brother like he's sloppy seconds. (laughs) People got to understand.
1: Exactly. People got to understand. He's a true freshman. He's going to be great. He's got to get a little make stronger, a little, bit, a little bigger, a little stronger. But exactly. he's a well, very good player.
2: And what people got to understand, Gary, he was coming off an injury. So he probably couldn't train and lift weights or do any leg work based on coming off that broken ankle he had. People forget that. So give this give yeah. give this, give this young man a whole year in his strength and conditioning program, and you will see he's going to make a lot of people, a lot of Kings fans, that was loving him when he signed and stay with Miami that's now doubting him now he's going to make all of y'all eat crow mark my words that's another thing I don't that's think off he, my list.
1: he's not taking a lot of criticism no he's not but no on, on the
2: message boards they're saying oh uh, you know read some of the message boards they 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 one say, guy oh. i mean yeah. I, I don't
1: think i don't think he's taking a lot of criticism on the board no no
2: he's not, yeah, he's not taking a lot of criticism but it's like people are saying oh man well we didn't get cooked so i guess we got to." Settle for Joe Yerby Like, no, it ain't no settling Like, yeah, we got a stud in the making Trust me, there's no settling There is no settling There's a reason why he was the starter was a reason why he
3: was the starter For Central There's a big reason for that
2: And that's all I was saying about that um, Let me see hmm. What else I got on my list real quick, Garrett Because I know you got to go But I got a couple things Oh, I already said that Okay, the D coordinator about recruiting. Now if the D coordinator doesn't recruit he's not a good recruiter, then why the heck do we have him on the staff? That's just well, the I mean, he, he
1: recruits St. Thomas Aquinas. Um he, he fishes around in New Jersey, but I mean he's not getting impact eyes. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> co- exactly. I mean, I'm about to call you I'm about to call you coach.
1: <laughs> I mean, he's he's getting very average guys. I mean, he's getting Jelani Hamilton. He's getting Cortell Jenkins. He's getting Kai Hester, who's not even in the program anymore, who was the number six or seven safety this year. I mean, he it, you know he's not getting Jalen Ramsey. You exactly. Know, not, you know, and and and, and 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 to me, that's a problem. They they need to be better than that.
2: It's a big time problem, Gary. And going back to your note, so you said something earlier, and I agree because. I recorded the game, and I like to go back and break it down and take some of the plays to implement on my team. And if and if Trevor Garland didn't miss that block, everybody would be saying right now that we got the better of the two running backs from Central because Joe Yurby had uh, he had a pretty a uh, yellow brick road to the end zone on that draw play. Yep, he did. So if that if if, if the block wasn't missed. And Joe Yerby becomes the hero, everybody on this phone, everybody on the message boards will be saying, We got the better, or the two running
1: backs. Yeah, don't, but don't waste a lot of time on that. Seriously, there's nothing wrong with Joe Yerby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Joe Yerby is going to be a very good player. You don't have Jerry, to be
6: him. That. No, no, anybody
1: Jerry, that's saying otherwise is, is not seeing reality. He's had Jerry, a very I'm good freshman year.
2: No, no, no. I'm not beating him down, I'm a fan.
1: No, I'm saying don't waste a lot of time trying to trying to defend Joe Yerby. He doesn't need to be defended. He's a very no, good player. You made you made a great point that he didn't have a, a sufficient offseason conditioning program like he'll have this year. He should
3: come mm-hmm. back next year
1: with 10, 15 more pounds on his body at least, more muscle, more explosion, and, and should be a very good player next year. I, I, just don't expect him to be Duke Johnson. No,
4: I, mean, I, I don't know. That he's, I don't
1: know that he's Duke Johnson. But I'm not he'll, be a, he's not, he'll be a very solid player next year.
2: Exactly. But you got to understand, you got to look at all the running backs we have, right? Let's say start with Edger, Right? Let's say start with Edger. We couldn't expect Clinton Porter and James Jackson to be Edger, but they were good, and they got the job done. You see what I'm saying? We couldn't expect, you know, we, you know Frank Gore, his freshman year, he averaged like 10 yards a carry, but he got hurt. No one knew who Willis McGahee was, but look what Willis did. You see what I'm saying? So all I'm saying is, Joe Yerby is, look, the running back position isn't going to fall off like everybody thinks it may fall off. That's all I'm saying. I believe we're going to be in good hands with the running back position. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying.
6: All right, what else you got tonight? Yeah, one more thing.
2: One more thing, Gary, and then, you know, you leave me a hold and I'll get up with you next week. But you said Golden knew he was going to take hits if the defense didn't improve. And we had three games. That the defense played very, very well But If he is not Going to make any changes on the defense Mainly the defensive line coach Then Somebody got to step in and be like, look You There there needs to be a change here You know, after a while Loyalty will get you fired Or stupidity will get you fired When you clearly see your D-line Is not getting any pressure Whatsoever
5: some of that's no. talent. And some we'll of that's see
1: what happens. You're gonna <laughs> know soon enough. It's almost the end of the year. So you know, exactly. we'll see what he decides to do. You know, I you know <laughs> I don't know. They but they there's certain things they must do better if they're gonna take the next step as, as a program. You're right. All right, hey, thanks thanks for the call. Awesome job. All right, Jeff, took, give me a hold and, I, and
2: I'll i talk to you next week, buddy.
1: Yeah, you took great notes. Um give us a call again next week. All right. All right, six six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's move on to the two zero two where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hey
2: Gary, how you doing, man? This is Kwami.
1: Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week?
2: I I can't complain too much. I'm uh, I'm sitting here listening to the uh, conversation, and I was just you know looking at the coaching staff, and and I remember you know those old Kane coaching staff that
11: was they they were riddled with future head coaches. I mean, realistically. You look at our coaching staff and the assistants. There's only one
2: real future head coach that I could possibly see, and that's Coley.
8: You yeah, know, I would agree with other, that.
5: The other
3: assistants.
5: I mean, do you really see you know Paul Williams as a head no, coach? No, no. I think you're. Working? I
3: think
1: you're spot on. I think I, I. I think Coley is the one guy that has a chance to be a head coach.
11: And so, and, and, know, and I, and, I
1: and I'll agree with you that that, that you know is an issue.
11: And so, I mean, do we really expect,
2: you know, anything more when, I mean, it starts with, you know, the coaches. And if you don't have future head coaches on your staff, you know, I mean, you look at
11: other staff. Well, now wait, let
1: me stop you for a minute. That's always been a successful formula for Miami, no argument. But, like, I'm not sure Florida State has a lot of future head coaches on their staff right now.
11: Um well they they've left. I mean, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, I think one day is going
2: to be a head coach.
1: Yeah, and um, Stoops Stoops got the Kentucky I mean, job. You know, and, you and, know Jim, got and Jimbo obviously got the head job at Florida State.
2: Yes, I mean, they've had they've had guys. I mean, it's next man up right now. I mean, but you know, Florida State, yes, they they've had head coaches, future head coaches. And um, you know, we're not we're not at that level and I mean, I've I've checked you know some of the salaries out because I was wondering, well, maybe it's the hindrance because of the money that goes into paying some of these
5: assistants. You know, Miami
2: doesn't necessarily have SEC money, um, but you know they're, they're paying. I mean, comparatively speaking, you know um, the D coordinator for Ohio State and the oil are getting paid the exact same amount. You know, I mean, they they are competitive with the coordinators. I don't know as far as their their
3: assistants are
2: concerned if they are competitive with other schools, but their coordinators, as far as their salaries are concerned, are they're they're competitive with, with other programs. And so I, I'm just I would like you know Al Golden to you know really take an assistant, not just you know for his um his you know his friendship with
5: the you know,
2: and 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 not even for his production because I uh, you know I was at the and you know uh, dissenter I I want I I still am I, I'm not in favor of him being there but I can I can look at these last this last month and I can clearly say the defense has gotten better I can I can be a big enough man to say that but he can't recruit he can't he really cannot recruit and Paul Williams can't recruit. Now, and I, and I and I would go to Jethro, but I've got to give Jethro some love this year because pulling John Houston, and that kid Rashawn Green—if he's able to get them, you got to keep Jethro.
1: <laughs> you got to keep him. Yeah, I mean those would be great gets. You know, so, so you, know, I, you know that's the thing. You know, maybe he can turn the corner. <laughs> but something needs to happen either he has to turn the corner or they got to find a way to get to get better recruiting on the defensive side of the ball and, they got and, and they you're not going to just have just need better players they they no have knock to get the better kids players. That are there right now but there's too many spots where they're grasping
2: i i mean Gary, look at all of the elite d tackles the top 10 i i don't even, I, i'm not even sure if miami has offered these guys let alone are they making contact? Like, do they just write off the top five or top ten? You know, all Americans that are out there and say, you know, we're going to go after the Cortell Jenkins of the world.
1: No, I th- I think they, they they probably take a shot. They don't get anywhere, and then they move on to the Cortell Jenkins of the world. But
2: I don't understand. It's not help me understand. We don't have the cloud of sanctions anymore. I'm assuming that these coaches are able to get to these areas to see these kids, correct? Are, are there any impediments oh, of to course them? Again, have, yeah, yeah, of course. So so uh, help me understand, why is it, if, if there's no barriers with resources in getting these coaches to and from these high schools to recruit these kids, uh, why is it that you know there's not more of a concerted effort put into luring some of these kids to stay
11: home. Uh, For
2: instance, you have guys that, you know, I mean, the state of Georgia is chock full of defensive tackles. That kid Trent Thompson, I don't even know if Jethro went up there to see him, you know, let alone establish a relationship with him. He's been on the radar since his freshman year, okay? And And it's not like he's from, you know, some areas in which Miami hasn't recruited before. We've recruited Georgia very well in the past. Okay, Alan Bailey is proof positive of that. We found him in some backwood town off of some Georgia island. Okay, and so I-, I would like to see the coaching staff take more of a swing and more of a concerted effort at getting some of these kids. I I, I don't understand. It's like, you know, they they go after a the kid. If they don't get you know some sort of positive sign in the first couple of meetings. They're they're going elsewhere. These kids are coddled from the time that they're twelve years old. You got to stay in the fight. I, I just, I mean, these other programs are able to do that for some reason, and 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 for the life of me, I don't understand why we don't have a, a coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball that is able to make a concerted effort to go get these defensive tackles. Because you know, if you look at some of these message boards and 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 you read up on some of these sites, you know, Miami's not even making an effort to go after some of these kids. And that's
1: what concerns me. Well, they they probably make a greater effort than what you know. It's just they just don't get anywhere. Like they made an effort with. There's two elite defensive linemen in the state of Florida from the Tampa area: Byron Cowart and Coward and CC and Jefferson. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. For example, they made an effort to get those two kids. They just didn't get anywhere. You know, those kids know who Jethro Franklin is. I spoke to those kids at the rivals Five Star Challenge this summer. He just wasn't able to get them to even come visit. You know, and, and, and you know, that's the problem. You can't not be in the mix for kids like that. When there are elite defensive linemen in the state of Florida, you have to be able to battle it out with Florida and Florida State for those kids. There just are not a lot of them. There, it, it, This is not a state that is loaded with defensive linemen all the time. And, and, and when they're there, you better be able to compete for them.
2: But what about the kids that are outside of
5: the uh, of the state of, of Florida? Like, well, that's a tougher just, job,
1: you know. Now you're now you're going to have to be now you have to have somebody who can go head to head with all those SEC schools and battle it out. You need elite recruiters, man. You need guys that know how to work it. It's you know well, not everybody I'll, can do everything. You know, different people are better at things than than others. There's a reason why certain assistant coaches in college football are better recruiters than other coaches. You know. You have to have the knack for recruiting. You have to know how to work the coaches. you got to know how to reach the kids and bond with the moms. I mean, it, it, it's not a simple process. And um, that's, from my perspective, that's what they're lacking right now. There's one elite recruiter on this coaching staff who can get it done in those arenas, and that's James Coley. And he's got a proven back record of doing it for a very long time. He did it at Florida State. And he's done it here at Miami in the year that he's been here. Um, and you see it by bringing, by the fact that he was able to go identify Brad Kaya and recruit him and bring him all the way across the country to the University of Miami. No
6: points.
1: that's not an easy thing to do.
0: Not it's anybody
1: not. could do that, okay? It's not. I mean, Jed Fish right now is an offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay, a very successful offensive coach. He couldn't recruit quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. I have no problem was, with James was I mean, the I have totally no ridiculous.
2: problem with Colley. My problem
10: is on the
5: defensive
10: side of the ball, and those.
2: Well, they don't have
5: any. Elite, they don't have any elite recruiters on defense right now.
2: And and so, my
5: and my, I, my question to you is, I guess my my, my two final points, my I
2: guess, the questions is one: What are these recruits saying to you on background uh, when you bring up Miami? Why is it that? We're not making that connection, being that we're part of the Big Three in the state of Florida. And my second question is, uh, who do you think would be some uh, names that you can throw out there that could be abandoned about for some of these assistant
5: positions, like
1: uh,
2: Tavares, Robinson or or what have you?
1: you, Can you touch those two points? Let's be honest about this to answer your question. Uh, You know, what do you have to hang your hat on? Okay, those signature victories... No championships, no bowl games. you know what do you have to hang your hat on you You don't have anything other than the fact of a great program in in Miami at a great university where you can get a phenomenal education and and you have to hope that that gets you in the door and you have a chance to win but over. State but, you know have that if you're just an average recruiter, if you're just a run of the mill average recruiter. And you're going out and trying to recruit elite players.
5: You know it's 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 a, it's a chore. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just saying.
2: Does that make sense? Florida State didn't have that when Jimbo first got there. He, I, I mean, I mean, he had to go out and get these those kids like the Jernigan's to come to Florida State. He didn't have it wasn't chock full of nuts from when he first. You know, the cupboard was somewhat bare. No, with so what, Bobby Jimbo Bowen, did,
1: what Jimbo did was he put together a phenomenal coaching staff. Okay, that's that Jimbo staff coming out of the gate with Stoops and Coley and those guys, um, Eddie Grant. I mean, he put together a phenomenal staff coming out of the gate. And that's how they were able to recruit so many good players.
2: Why the hell didn't we do the same thing?
11: I'm looking at the Temple Part 2 down here.
1: Why the hell didn't
11: Golden? Because when Al
1: Golden got the job, what he didn't he didn't have the street cred to go out and hire these guys necessarily. You know, Jimbo Fisher is a much more established coach at the time he got a head coaching job than Al Golden was.
3: Has it come to this that a a team? Jimbo Fisher
1: had a a very stint at LSU. Um, He had been the coach in waiting at Florida State and was considered one of the top offensive coaches in college football. I mean, you know, just a little bit different. You know, why was Randy Shannon unable to do it? Same reason. You know, I mean, and it took Randy a while, to, and he never really got his staff right.
2: Are there some assistants out there
1: that you know what, that you can speak to that? Oh, no, because that wouldn't be no. fair. I'm not going to start replacing guys that that have jobs. That's Al Golden's – you know, Al Golden's got to make those decisions. If he makes a decision that he's going to make some replacements, you know, then we'll start looking and talking about candidates. You know, I'm not. I don't want to disrespect people who are – working. I mean, these guys are – they're working every day. They're, 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 they're busting their butts. They're, they're trying to be the best they can be. I'm just saying that if the Miami football program is going to be what everybody wants it to be again – there's certain things that have to be done better, and recruiting defensive players is one of them, without question. And that's before you get to – you can't blow two, three games a year because you have bad game things. You know That would be number two.
3: <laughs> that's true. All right, got anything else tonight?
2: No, thanks, Gary. Thank you for letting me vent here.
1: All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Give us a call again next week. Take care. All right, 646-595-2048. Uh, let's go out to the 850 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight?
8: Yeah, I'm doing all right, Gary. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, no problem. Thank you for joining us. Who's this?
8: Uh, this is Travis up here in Tallahassee. Uh, listen to the show every week. Yeah, you know, think it's a great show and everything. Uh, I totally agree with the first point you had uh, earlier when you were doing your event. We haven't turned a corner, and we've known that for the last three weeks. Yeah, they played a little better. But, uh, I mean, we're the same exact team. Look at it. We're going into Virginia, and we still have to question whether we can actually beat that team. And then we yeah, have to Yeah, and the work is exam.
1: just beginning. I mean, it's really just beginning. I mean, they've got a lot of holes to fill before next season. Yeah,
8: yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and, and another thing i just got to bring up, listening to all your callers has been driving me nuts, is Will Muschamp. For the love of God, please, no. As a head coach, as a defensive coordinator, as a anything, I don't want him anywhere near my program. This guy's failed. He's he's just – he's not our type of guy either, you know. Um, a lot of hype there. It's not
1: like he's even great at Texas. He wasn't great at Texas.
8: No, no, no. I mean, he he basically – he was, what, there uh, all the way until, what, the year before Mac Brown got fired? So he was part of the yeah. problem.
1: And then Jeremy Foley <laughs> bought, bought the PR – and says, "Woohoo! I'm gonna go steal Texas as a coach in waiting, and bring him to Gainesville and make him a head coach, even though he would never been a head coach before." And yeah. uh, you saw where that got him.
8: Yeah, exactly. There's only that only works out like a few times, and that's when somebody is like a super genius and, and has the ability and the the administration behind them to do what you said Jimbo Fisher did, and that's bring in a super staff, you know, to support them. That's the only time an assistant works out. You know, maybe a Chad Morris or something like that's going to be the next one that can do that. But, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of them that are stepping up.
1: You better be careful hiring assistant coaches to big-time programs that have never been head coaches. Those guys got to go cut their teeth at the mid-level programs, um, you know, like Like – Gus Malzahn,
8: you know, going to Arkansas State. Yes.
1: They got to go learn to be head coaches first before you give them the keys to programs like Florida – Miami, Michigan, et cetera, et cetera.
8: Yeah, and also on the head coaching thing, people have got to stop on the Greg Sciano and Butch Davis to Miami thing. I mean, that's, first off, most likely that's not happening. And, I mean, do we really I'm want to step back course. to where we were there? I mean, come on, both those guys. There's better candidates out there if we want to go in that direction. Yeah,
1: don't disagree. Not necessarily better, but... I don't see you know Butch Davis is getting older now. I don't see that ever happening.
8: Yeah, yeah, and I mean he pissed off a lot of people on the way out of the, uh, on the way out the door. Yes, he did. Yeah, you know, um, also with recruiting, I mean, yeah, there's there's no moral victories. I mean, yeah, it's going to look a little better. that It looks like we closed the gap. But to me, it showed that, yes, one-on-one, our top players versus your top players, we can play a hell of a game against you. But when we have the question of the fourth quarter and the issue of depth, then that, that comes creeping in. Now, kind of my question is, when does that end, like the official – Scholarship reduction and uh, visit reduction and all that. Is this the last year for that?
1: It's pretty close. I'm not sure how they're working the numbers. Al Golden won't tell anybody. Um, probably because hmm. they want to have flexibility, but um, they got to be pretty close because they took a. They, they've been playing with a lot less than 85 this year. Um, it looks to us like they're playing with eight or nine less than than the 85. So they might be pretty close to done with it now um I'll ask again here pretty soon but the last mm-hmm. time I asked I was told that he didn't want to get into it
8: all right all right and then um just the other thing my phone's about to die here so I might cut out on you guys but uh the the I saw today that Christopher Herden is now on the depth chart and he's he was red all year long and was that just a response to uh, Walford and uh, and Dobard fumbling or something like that
1: you know I believe, and I have to double check this. I think he played early in the year and can't redshirt. Um, I, I, he's another one that probably should have redshirted this year. Um, Absolutely. That they
8: all have to redshirt every year, especially if you're dealing with three-star recruits and lower-tier four-star recruits. Yeah, he I mean, played, and he, he played all- in the game. He he got
1: on the field the other day. So yeah, he, uh, he his redshirt year is gone, and uh, I don't get it. But those are the coaching decisions that they have to make, I guess you know but there's, yeah, and, to me there's too
8: many guys like that but, but since he's been here and that's the thing we've we, we have basically now the way I look at it turned ourselves into Nebraska you know we're going to be an 8-4 and four team every single year go to a bowl game 50-50 whether we win it or not and that's that's unacceptable to me you know I mean that's it's I know we're not moving on after this season, but it's time to move on. You know, And if, well, if your support uh, you support supposed to fly the banner thing, then you, you can't quit just because three weeks they kind of look like a pretty little Corvette out there. Yeah, you know what, like Al that.
1: Golden, so he deserves to be back next year in no way, shape, or form does he deserve to be fired. He deserves to be back next year. He's got an opportunity right now here in the next month or two to identify the problems and the things that are keeping his program from being at the elite level. This is his opportunity, and he he he's a big boy, and he has a chance to fix them. And whatever he chooses to do, and it is his choice, that's what he is going to have to play with next year. And next year is is going to be you know a so called money year for him. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, this school, I don't see this fan base and this school continuing to accept eight and four middle-of-the-pack years in the ACC.
8: Do you really think that anything short of a national championship next year, I mean, that no, he can win reality. this fan? Well, yeah. I know it's not reality, Absolutely. but, I mean,
1: not
6: how, I think how
8: does this guy year, win the fan base back? Because, I mean, gotta, I anything short of that is not going to happen.
1: Well, I think the expectation for next year is winning the Coastal, getting to Charlotte, and possibly winning the ACC. I think that is a fair, realistic bar for the 2015 season. Well, you know, I'm and, not and sure. It's to be, I'm with not all sure those that's... holes
8: we've been talking about, I mean, it's going to be pretty hard against Clemson, Florida State, and Nebraska. Yeah.
1: but you know I mean, what? It... There's not a great team in college football this year. I mean, there no, really there isn't. There isn't. I mean,
8: <laughs>
1: if you look at the if you look at the rankings, I mean, you know, Alabama's number one right now. Uh, they're good. They're, they're Alabama, uh, but they've struggled. Big time on the road they've been lucky yeah, they have a, a couple yeah. times they could have lost more than one game uh the way they've struggled on the road their 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 quarterback's a whole different player at home and on the road, but they're a very good team, no question about it um and, and a complete team on offense and defense um Oregon at number two, I have not had a chance to see enough, but I don't believe that they're a great team. Um, the you What's know, their
8: defense that kind of hinders them? I mean, obviously they can score the points, but their defense is hitting this, you
1: know. Yeah, and you know Mississippi
8: large, State. Um, I'm not too thrilled with. I mean,
1: no. So there's not a great. The point is, we could go down yeah. the list, but there's. There, I mean, I mean, heck, Georgia's number ten. UCLA at two losses is number nine. Mississippi's number eight. I mean, there is not a lot of there. There's no great teams in college football this year. So there is no reason why this Miami program shouldn't be in the top 20. And, you know, the the bar no, is No, not no, no. I
8: actually have high hopes for us next year. I'm not that down on it, but I'm just down on what this coaching staff will do. It, it comes down to that. I've seen that the well, players it, can play the way we time, want them to man. play. It's
1: you their know, time. I mean, they're they're going to be expected to deliver next year. There's no doubt about it. They're expected to People are not going <laughs> to no. st- keep making excuses. People are not going to keep making excuses. So the, the, what I'm saying is I'm not saying what he should do or not do because I wouldn't want somebody telling me how to do my job. But you know, it's in Al, Al Golden has total control. There's nobody micromanaging him. There's nobody telling him what to do. He has the capability to sit back and do an honest evaluation of his program and decide what moves he needs to make to go to the next level. Yeah.
8: And, and we'll see. You know, I mean, he like you said, he's very loyal. Uh, before my phone dies out, the, the last thing I wanted to say is I actually have seen a lot of this uh, kind of bashing of Yearby on just about every Miami site there is out there. Well, they're wrong, and I'll tell you what, it, I, for real. If there, if I had a choice of only taking one of them, of Dalvin Cook or Joseph Yearby, I'm taking Yearby. I mean, the only thing is he probably should have redshirted once again because he did have that ankle injury and he wasn't able to do what he needed to do where Dalvin Cook was able to, you know. Time uh, will tell.
1: Right now Dalvin Cook is a bigger, more explosive athlete. Uh, Time will tell how Yerby develops. But there's no reason for anybody bashing Yerby. No reason at all that anybody out there should be criticizing Joe Yerby.
8: No, a, a right Yerby Scarlett is a one-two punch that should be feared. You know, I mean, that's
1: we'll see. that's what we nope.
8: should have had with Cook and Yerby. But, you know, yeah, that's what we're going to have Gus next Ed- year.
1: Gus Edwards has had a great year this year, too. So
8: he we'll he, see he how. I'm, I've never actually been down on Gus the bus, man. Exactly. I, I got faith in that kid. If they use him right, I mean, he has explosiveness and he can run the ball. You know, I mean, yep. he's and got we'll it. We'll see how he continues to develop.
1: All right, hey, thanks for the call. Thanks for being part of the show.
8: Yeah, have a great night. Thank you so much, yeah. You got it.
1: All right, we're heading into hour number three of Kane Sport Live. Man, the show's moving fast. Great calls all night. Um, we're gonna keep flying through the board here, try to get as many people on as humanly possible. Uh let's go now to the nine oh four. So you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this week?
2: How you doing, Gary? What's going on, man? It's Antworm. Antoine.
1: Antoine, what you got for us this week?
2: Hey man, I, I've been listening to the calls, man, and everybody has been saying pretty good stuff, man. It's and... Um, it's, but it's a couple of things that I, it's like people just, just watch the, watch the game. They, they miss it in the, you know, it's a lot of exciting plays and a lot of stuff that goes on in a game and people miss like key things that happen in the game and nobody pays attention to it, but it it, it determines the outcome. There was a play in that game where we lost beyond Bush and Chicolo on the same play. You remember that yep. play here? Yes, sir. That that play changed the entire complexion of how our defense looks on that field. Dion was playing a great game, and Chikolo is not an explosive pass rusher, but against the run, uh, he holds up real well. So those two guys got hurt on the same play, and after that, it looks like our defense took a step back. Now –
1: Hey, how, um, how about they try to give Denzel Perriman a blow for for a couple plays, and yeah, and man, that's they the do busted a long run. Yeah,
2: man, it's like it's like the guys behind our first guys, like they don't know what to do or they don't they don't they don't. I don't know. They just get in the game and they. I mean, that was a big game, man. I mean, I mean, I guess they were scared. You know, we got a lot of freshmen and sophomores behind them, so you know they, you know they they, they might have you know kind of wet their pants or whatever. But you know, that's big time college football. But let me – let me. I, I did want to be critical of the, the defensive staff, and there's a reason. The second that Deion Bush got hurt, I've seen us play Gunter at safety. Now, we have enough corners to play Gunter at safety and play the other guys at corner. We – at no point in time should Jamal should – not Jamal uh, – Dallas Crawford and Fitzgerald be on the field saying safety for us at the same time. Not those that guys, game. no, man. And, 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 it, and it, you know, they don't have the range. They're they, they good players. I like them. They don't I, have I, the range to, to be a high safety at that level of football, Gary.
1: I totally it, agree. Just, totally agree. And these are the little hidden things that happen in these big ball games that people don't even necessarily notice that I think can be yeah. to the fact that they lose every single time.
2: Yeah, man, they can't. They cannot run in the middle of that field playing a hot safety. Beyond Bush makes a great play in the in the first half. That's the count That's what a D one, a real D one safety does. Uh, the Rashawn Jenkins injury was huge. Yeah, I didn't, You know what?
1: You're right, and I didn't realize before the year how huge was. He was, and and it was only because him. I expected Jamal Carter to come out this year and be a player. And he hasn't been. And that Rayshon Jenkins injury was massive. There's so many he massive that you know, He you is our best. And Jenkins and He's Figueroa. A, yeah, and, you know, man. And massive. Figueroa
2: was a, If Figueroa gets in the game when Denzel goes out, I have no doubt in my mind that Figueroa lays somebody out. He was laying our own guys out all summer long. I know you remember it
1: playing everybody out. Massive loss. That kid should be ashamed of himself. Man, I just man, I can't
2: even talk about that man. I just, I just, but I watched the game man, and I saw that, and and I said, you know, they're gonna kill us with Pitrus and Crawford back there, man. But you know what? There's another thing. But we should, they should have immediately put Gunter at safety. We got a thousand cornerbacks, man. We got a thousand good cornerbacks, man. That man should have been playing safety.
1: I thought going into the game that that was one of the edges that Mike had was the cornerbacks they had. And I really expected them to match up the corners man, better with his receivers. And they, they really didn't do it. They did it some, but not to the degree that yeah, I would have expected.
2: I'm glad you said that, Gary. Man for man, our cornerbacks were better than Florida State's receivers.
6: No question man that. Man,
1: hey, Green, man green covering, is greatest great as I mean, Rashad Green, yes. a, an NFL player, he couldn't do With a Charles thing in that Green
2: game. Wasn't go- He couldn't get open on our players. Our players were in his hip pocket all night long. And I know he going to make his catches because he just just not make sure the game. But we really shut down what, you know, what they really like to do. But the, you know what, man, I, I'm, and I'm going to tell you something. Crawford, Antonio Crawford played a hell of a game. Every time they tried to throw that inside play, he broke it up in the first
1: he, half. He has had a hell of a season,
2: man. But then, but this, this and this another. This is why I'm, this is why I'm saying all this, man. In the second half, we was playing nickel, and Crawford was shutting them down on the inside, and we locked down the outside. In the second half, it seems as though we went back to more zone, but we added a third, a linebacker on third down. Even in third and long passing situations, like it was third and eight, thirty nine, and they would have three linebackers, uh, a regular, uh, a regular, uh, not not a nickel package, a regular package on third and long, and they would get long plays down the middle of the field. Uh, Wilson and uh, uh, Whitfield was killing us in the middle of the field because our linebackers can't cover. I mean, I know they're playing zone, but they left the holes. With, why would you put in three linebackers in obvious passing situations? It's-
1: yeah, there was that one play I remember in particular where Whitfield where, um, gained 29 yards coming across the field yeah. on a crossing route, and had Denzel and- Parent chasing him. It,
6: yeah, I mean, man,
2: that even that, man, that ain't a that man. And you know what, man? And we, the, the worst part about it is we actually have the players to play nickel or dime even we got actually got the players to do it but we don't do it we'll you know what man and i am i'm 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 not going to be long with i'm going to say this and i'm going to be done one of the biggest plays of our football season was 3rd and 15 at Georgia Tech remember what happened on 3rd and 15 against Georgia Tech on
6: bristol no, on the
2: field on bristol was you go back and look at the tape on bristol was on the field and it was his coverage responsibility to cover that receiver. We had three linebackers on the field. Oh, yeah, I remember got 30, that. They got 30-15 with a quarterback who came through from here to the side here to the side of his house and hit it accurately. And the ball was wide open because we had a linebacker in coverage. If there's one thing I hate about this style, and if they don't change it, it's going to always kill us. And we did it in the first half. you got to have –
1: DBs
2: on receivers, especially in third and long situations.
1: Yeah, they get That's in bad it. matchups sometimes, no doubt about it. And they kill us, man. So I, I ain't gonna hold you up, man. Just uh, keep
2: me on hold, man. And I I, I, I said I was proud of the boy. We fought, we fought, man. But we got to We got to get better. When we have injuries, and that, and that, I'm gonna say this, man. Let that, that play. To, um, I've been watching football for 20 years, man, plus years. I ain't never seen a play where a dude throw the ball right where we wanted to throw the ball. The ball goes straight up in the air, and a dude catch it and run for a touchdown in stride. Yeah, hey, man, it, it, it just was meant for them to win, man. But
1: go uh, yep, ahead put me on hold, man,
2: man. Yeah, All right, man. man. Hey, just... hey,
1: great call. Give us a call again next week. All right, thank you, man. Have... All right, let's move on now to the 501, where you're now live on Sports Live.
4: Hey Gary, what's going on man? This is Alex from Arkansas.
1: Hey, what's up, Alex? How you doing this week?
4: Man, calling to get my therapy session, man.
1: You got it, man. I, what uh, you got? What do, what do you need?
4: Hey, I've I've got a couple of couple of things, man. I appreciate D Black calling and that that caller a couple of callers ago, man, because I called in last week and I mentioned to you the heat that uh um Yerby takes man on the message board. And you was kind of like you didn't know nothing about it or anything, but I was telling you that I get on your I message boards on there. I didn't realize the
1: deal. You know, I mean, you well, know, there's individuals well, I, to post everything on the message boards.
4: Well, but I, I, I took don't offense how
1: anybody could be ripping Joe Yerby. I mean, come on.
4: Well, we, we just, I mean, it wasn't. That was. Just, I just took offense to him calling him sloppy seconds. That's all it was, and and so I felt like we got a really good players, and I, and I don't want to go back over what everybody said because everybody's made valid points, and you did as well, you know. But I did want to bring up the fact that, man, uh, you stole my you stole my player of the game, man. It was only a couple of guys on that Florida State team that really looked like they should have been in Hurricanes uniforms to me, and one of them was Ramsey. Now, can you picture Ramsey in our secondary, along with real Bush that showed up Saturday night? And look at what you have. I remember tweeting uh, Manny Navarro Saturday night when he tweeted and said that Dalvin Cook just broke Fentress' ankles. And I tweeted him back and said, well, what the hell is Fentress doing out there? You know, why the hell are we playing a walk-on? I understand he's going to be a doctor and everything, but what the hell is he doing out there in this type of game? You know, so, but... You know, that that was something I wanted to bring up. And, you know, just going over a couple of things that everybody's talked about tonight. We um pretty much are just looking like okay, we've got something to build on, but our bottom line is still the same as you said earlier is if they're not able to recruit any better players, and you have to look at it. I know the caller before was asking about why we can't get people like that, the top-level players. Take away the last three weeks and the way we've been playing defense. Before that, if you were a top-level defensive player, no way in hell would you consider coming to Miami because we were playing passive and laid back. We changed our whole philosophy over the last three weeks and turned into an attacking defense. Nobody will admit it on the coaching staff because they don't want to make it seem like they took pressure from the callers and fans. But that's not the same defensive style that we've been playing. So now that may open the doors. I hope it does. But you're still going to have a problem, like you said, because we don't have elite recruiters on our defensive staff. So we're still stuck. And the reason why I brought all of that up is to say this. I've listened and I've read all the message boards and everything. Now everybody's saying they deserve one more year. If they get one more year, you're still going to have the same terrible recruiters on defense. you still going to have them. So how do you get better on defense? The offense is going to continue to get elite talent. How do you get better on defense is my question. <laughs>
1: Well, I think it's you know for starters you're going to have to recruit some better players and get more impact guys. I don't think there's any question about that. I think you got to develop what you have. You do have something to work with, especially at the defensive end position with Chad Thomas and Muhammad and, and McCord coming back for his senior year. Um, you know, so I think you do you know you do have something to work with there, and uh, you're just going to have to recruit some better guys, and, and then you're going to have to coach better on game day. You can't throw two three games a year.
4: Well, that, that brings that us game. back. That brings us back to the last caller that was just on, and you guys were saying, "Okay, we blew it," and everybody's gone through and picked out a few games. Where, well, said those four games that we've blown it and lost, but where we are right now, we're looking at we're pretty much in the same spot. And if you remember, I know you have a lot of callers. I asked what was going to be the, the difference. If we end up losing, are we going to still be in the same spot a week later, but we just feel better about it because we didn't get blown out? So yeah. is that where we are now at Miami? We just feel better because we didn't get blown out?
1: I think that's where you are right now, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's kind of how everybody feels right now. That's probably okay. pretty fair. Well, be
4: fair my assessment. my 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 last thing is this. Mr uh about fifteen, twenty minutes ago you were call you were talking and you brought up some of the places that may actually come after Coach Golden. I'm okay if he stays, but I'm not gonna cry if he goes. And the reason why I say that, I think if he does go ahead and look and take a real hard look at his staff, make the necessary changes because our defense has to get better. Our defense has to get better. But yeah, you, if can, we you don't can't make
1: sit, the, you can't sit there and say we played oh, you know, we played Florida to stay close and everything suddenly is great. I agree with you. That that, right. that would be a mistake. Because it but hasn't my, been but, great and it's never been great.
4: Right, because as you said and you made a key point We're going to play Georgia Tech again next year. And if we can't stop the run, they're going to run the ball down our throat again. So is Nebraska, and so is anybody else with a decent running game. So we're in the same spot. But I said I'm not going to be disappointed if it does go that way and he does leave. I think we can get somebody that's better, but I would like for him to be able to do it. I would like well, for him we'll to be see, able we'll to see what right happens.
1: Right, right now, there's nobody coming after him. I, but I but I do agree, and, you know, I commented on this. I do think there's a possibility that somebody will.
4: Well, hopefully the, hopefully the season will finish out strong, Gary, and I'll be able to continue. I'm going to keep giving my therapy sessions from you, but I appreciate your insight, man. And I you appreciate got it, listening to all of the callers. Keep me on hold.
1: Will do. Hey, thanks for calling in again. We'll talk to you next week. All right, 646-595-2048. We got 41 minutes of show left. Um, let's move
11: on to the 614. You're now live on Canadian Sport Lives. Hey, Gary. Great show, and the callers have been awesome tonight, and they've stole a little bit of my thunder, but I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of things, or at least your reaction to what I've, what I've thought. And I think as a fan... I'm frustrated losing to Florida State but obviously I'm more frustrated being 6 and 4 in this stage. Um first thing I learned about this year and up to this point is the two gap defense alignment will never ever 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 work at the University of Miami. It's just not it's it just it, it, it's not us, okay? I think the only coach that can really pull it off in college football is Nick Saban. And even he is kind of going to more of a four-down look on the defensive line. Now, the guy Wisconsin's doing pretty good with 3-4, but it's, that remains to be seen because I think the Big Ten West is probably just as bad, almost as bad as the ACC Coastal. Um, so I, I'm hoping that – well, and this goes on to my second point. I think we've peaked with this coaching staff, and that's assuming that we go 9-4 and four this year. I think this this coaching staff, the way it's constructed, is built for nine wins, and that's it. I think a lot of them are way over, way above their head in terms of ability to coach and ability to recruit. And I don't. And I think if we do finish nine and four, I don't see Al Golden making any changes. I don't. I think he'll he'll say that we're improving. We're probably going to be a top twenty-five statistical defense in the country, and he. I think unless somebody voluntarily moves, I don't think he's going to make any changes. Do you see that possibility? Because I see that possibility as almost a hundred percent if we finish nine and four.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if he will or won't. To be honest with you, I don't. I have I, no feel I, for that. I,
11: I think he rides and dies with these guys because of the loyalty. Because they stuck with him during the during the the, the down times, and that goes into another point. Next year, Al Golden, I think it's pretty, unless something happens that's just totally out of the radar, he will get an opportunity again next year. But as a fan, he's getting that opportunity not because of on-field success, but because of off-field issues because the university feels obligated to stick with him because of his loyalty during the NCAA thing, which is not a small thing. I understand that uh, because he's a good representative and uh, and keeps his nose clean. And, you know, it, it, I mean, that's it. I mean, we're keeping him I, – I think we're keeping Al Golden out of obligation and not because of the on-field decisions and success.
1: Um, I, mean, I don't know if that's true. I I don't I don't know that that's true. I don't think he he his job would be in jeopardy right now, any, under any circumstance.
11: Well, let me let me further that too, because we're going through a presidential switch, and I don't think Shalala wants that wants any to, anything to do with a major coaching change while she's in the twilight of her career. I mean I I really do think it's more off field than on field though, don't you think? I mean a little bit more.
1: I mean, I think that there's a sense of loyalty to him because of the way he handled himself and the way he was there for the university, but I think he would get five years regardless
11: okay so you know,
1: i don't I, I don't I don't think that then, you know i mean this year hasn't has turned out to be you know not what everybody i think would have hoped for, but I don't think it's been such a disaster that he would he would have be getting fired anyway.
11: So the University of Florida is probably more proactive and more serious about football than the University of Miami.
1: <laughs> honestly, uh, I, I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah. I think I think you could probably say that that the, that there's a little okay. bit of a different mi- mindset up there. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay.
11: Okay. So, and that goes into my final point. Is the University of Miami? I, wait, Gary. No, but
1: wait a minute. Wait before you go on, though. I don't think that means that the University of Miami doesn't want to be competitive in football and win championships. Uh, but but no. I, I but I agree with you that there's a little bit of a different mindset.
11: Okay, Sam
1: Jankovich
11: isn't going to be walking through that door to pick out the Schnellenbergers and Jimmy Johnsons and even the Derek, uh, Dennis Ericksons of the world. Okay. I think that the way the University of Miami does business does not work in this new era of college football. And it's not even paying Nick Saban or Urban Meyer money, okay? TCU is number four or five in the country with Gary Patterson and a base, a, a, an undergraduate um, a population of 10,000 students. So they have the issues that we have okay, they're doing something right, we're not. Now, you can say that they have an on-campus stadium, which is really nice, but to be honest with you, I just think that the way we're doing business at the university regarding our football program is not sustainable. It's not going to work anymore. You might be able to do in basketball like we did with a Jim Laranaga, who we got because he always wanted to go to the ACC, and we caught him from a mid-major, even though, unfortunately, he's, he's older and, you know, Hopefully he's healthy, and he stays with us for a while. But we're going to have to do something different, and we're eventually going to have to pay the money. Again, not Nick saving money. He gets crazy money, and he's one of a kind anyway. But we're going to need to face up to the fact that if we want the University of Miami to be sustainable as a competitive football team for championships, we're going to have to – I mean, you're going to have to build a $20 million indoor practice facility, okay? You're going to have to expand the weight room. Gary, I have been to the Schwartz Center. It's nice for the University of Miami, but it's outda- It's still outdated by about seven, eight years. The hydrotherapy – Well, it, I, it's I've not as it,
1: grandiose as what some people have, but you're never going to see Miami uh, build those colossal – structures that some schools have and i don't think there's anything wrong with that you know Miami's can have a little different character and a different feel there to is. it i don't but but i agree with you they're going to have to build an indoor practice facility because everybody else in the acc is doing it um and and i think a i think blake james recognizes this i mean he's he's working hard to get all these things done he's lighting the practice field he knows he needs to build an indoor practice facility um so you know you have an ad right now that's in tune to what's going on out there. And, there, and, answer, and Gary, I
11: like I I I like Blake. I've met Blake. I mean, being a hurricane I, I I've gone to the hurricane club events, I've met Blake. He seems like a sharp guy. But he's not Jeremy Foley. Okay. He doesn't have that power over the university. Okay. He does not have it. He, he, Jeremy Foley he clearly, he,
1: Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Foley's done a good job of self marketing. W- w- what's the big deal with Jeremy Foley? Okay, he hired.
11: Okay,
1: He hired Urban Meyer. He hired Billy Donovan. Those were good jobs. But he's hired a lot of bad coaches, too. He's made a lot of mistakes. I,
11: yeah, okay, he's made some mistakes. But I mean, look, the fact that we're lighting our practice facilities, we're bringing in lights in 2014, is embarrassing. Well, it's there's, embarrassing.
1: Been a, there's
11: been a gross negligence, that's, yes. And, yeah, and that's and, 20 and, and years. At least 20 years late. Too
1: late. They should have been reinvesting in this program, and they didn't do it. And they're okay. paying for it.
11: Well, and unfortunately, as fans, we're paying for it, Gary. You know, You're right? I, as a boost, I, I mean, we're a boost. I mean, us in the Hurricane Club. I'm not a big. I'm not a Golden Cane by any stretch of the imagination. But I know one thing. We've we have underachieved because of extremely poor decisions. We are our worst enemy. Florida State is not our enemy. The University of Miami has been our worst enemy. And, you know, Tad foot he, was a, he wanted his lily-white Ivy League program, and it never happened, and we were able to survive that. But, man, ever since, we have been our worst enemy, from allowing Nevin Shapiro, a con man, to do what he did, I mean, we have been terrible to ourselves, and it's tiring. You know, I asked the—I mean, seriously. And donna has been a great president, but she hasn't been without mistake herself. I mean, you—you—you you, you know about the Cedars Hospital fiasco. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. mean, I mean, God, what that did to the University of Miami and the hospital and the med school. I mean, it's ridiculous. So, uh, this is what I want. And this is my, Chris, my my Christmas wish. I don't. I want us to get out of our way of our own selves. I want us to utilize the twenty million dollars in TV money for the athletics. Okay, you're going to have to pay a good coaching staff seven or eight million a year. That's the new ballgame. You're going to have to build a twenty million dollar indoor facility. You're going to have to the antiquated weight room. You're going to have to expand that. You're going to have to double that. Okay, and other students for the basketball too, but the, there needs to be a new locker room. That have you seen the locker room and the weight room in the basketball facility? It's like a high school, Gary. You know what I'm saying? It could be, it could be better. Yeah. So the university. Hey, but they game, beat the Gators
1: last night. <laughs> so well, holding, and, and that's, an, not that's, that's another story. They're not holding them back.
11: They beat well, the another, Gators. That's a, that's another story. Al, uh, D- Jim Larinaga, for his sport, is a ten times, fifty times better coach than Al Golden in his sport. He is. Well, he's much more. He knows more, how to win the big he's games.
1: Much, much more experienced.
11: I'm
1: not sure. It's much it's fair, it's, I'm not sure it's a fair, co- you know, competition there. You're talking about a veteran coach who's, you know, been through a lot more battles than Al Golden has. But
11: Al Golden I mean, is a mid-major coach. And so was Jim Laranaga. He did go to the Final Four.
1: But well, he's a mid-major Gary, coach, trying to take the next step is what he is. Yeah. yeah. That game on Saturday okay. night was the biggest game of Al Golden's life. Do you, do you agree, Gary,
11: that we've been our worst enemy? I mean, we have, haven't we? Absolutely. It's, that's a shame, but, isn't it? But, but I, but the I University think of I, Miami Pride a I program. Very
1: pro- Okay, program. Okay, but I think they're very proactively trying to change that. And, you know, I, I, th- I think Bla- Blake James is, is trying to make his mark as the athletic director by correcting those mistakes and reinvesting in the program. And I think every penny that he has available to him, he's going to do that. You know, they, they put it, even like little things, like in the basketball arena, they put a, a, a big new video board in there, a new scoreboard oh, in there. Come it. on, Gary, um, it's not
11: that big. You've been to the Miami you you have been to no, the Miami. No AAA. no no what I'm saying is they're, they're doing close. what
1: they they're doing what they can. They're doing what they can. You know, they improved the practice fields, they improved the Schwartz Center. Um the next step is now gonna be um cool tubs for the players, and then the next step from there is, is gonna be an indoor facility. I mean they're they're making moves. Maybe not as fast it's just as every ten, like ten it, but like 15 years too late. And, and eventually, a stadium is going to be on the radar. I, I I feel pretty
11: certain of that. Okay. Well, Gary, look, great show. Big fan of the big fan of the show. Thank you for doing three hours. The only no, thing sorry. I have to say in closing is this: after next year, I think it's best for everybody involved if Al Golden and the University of Miami part ways for both parties. I think it'd be the best thing involved because I think Al hasn't had much luck here. I think I'll try. got to
1: see how next year goes. Assuming he 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 sticks it out, I think you have to see how next year goes, and then I think you it's could be really... another
11: four or five loss year Gary. Well, it and, might and be. I think... It might be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We and, got a tougher schedule. That would, your,
1: that would answer your questions at that point. But I think you got to, you know, in in fairness, I think you got to see how next year goes. They have a quarterback. Um, they've got a good foundation in place. with you know, you got to see what they can do next year. All right, hey, thank you so much for the call. Thanks,
0: thanks, Gary. Thank you.
1: Gary, you got. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the three oh five. You're now live on King Sport Live.
9: Hey Gary, how you doing?
1: Who's this? It's Schmira fifty five. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding with you. I recognize your voice. How you doing this week, Schmira? I'm doing
9: all right. You know what? I actually was, you know, in a pretty good mood before I called this show and had to listen for the last hour of the whole negativity, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: I don't, but, uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's been negativity. No, it's, it's, been, not negative. It, it's been constructive conversation, constructive criticism, right? Uh, constructive analysis. Yeah, I don't have any, the calls have been great tonight.
9: I, you know, what, actually, I agree. They have been a little bit, you know, pretty,
1: you know, structured. I would
9: have to say. But Gary, I have to say, and you know, I've already viewed the year as kind of the the lost year. So my expectations going into Saturday were not nearly as high as if it was a number one Florida State versus a unbeaten or a one-speed in Miami. It, it didn't have that feel because that was lost earlier in the season with the, obviously, the debacles of the Georgia Tech games and, you know, and uh, Nebraska. So my expectations weren't that high. I just wanted to see Miami be competitive going into the fourth quarter. And I could just say from getting there between the tailgates, between – the game day atmosphere between just the whole being in the stadium. I actually thought of, I thoroughly enjoyed the day and the night, and it, what this this loss—sorry, not victory. <laughs> this loss was definitely not on the coaches. You cannot blame those coaches for this one. I thought their game plans were great. I thought, you know, and I and I've criticized the, you know the game plans more than anyone, but don't put it on the coaches. I mean, they were in no. it to win it they, they,
1: were, they were very good. This- they were in it yeah. to win it. Yep, they
9: definitely were. I mean, if you watch those Dalvin Cook touchdowns, I mean, they five six missed tackles per play. Denzel Perriman missed too. I mean, maybe he was gassed, but he was in them. The players were in the right position. So I don't want to hear that. So, but I would just say I thoroughly enjoyed the night. I thought it was great. I thought the atmosphere was actually electric. I mean, it was like it was like the Orange Bowl days almost in there.
1: What do yep. you think about it? I totally agree. It was great.
9: You know, and I yeah, and I haven't gone and you know, I kind of after a loss I kinda, of, you know, take a day or two before I start reading, start looking at things and and this is actually the first time I've actually, you know, listened to any, you know, criticism about the game. But, you know, I I, I looked at that as a positive night. I think any of the recruits I mean, I heard there were a ton and I've heard only positive feedback from the recruits. And you know, I think I think it was a successful night. Obviously, my, like I said, my expectations were very low going into the actual night, and I just didn't want us to be embarrassed on national TV, and we by, were by no means embarrassed. Was going say, I've heard you mention. Um, I, I think it's uh, you know obviously a foregone conclusion that the defensive side of the ball, the recruiting, is not up to par. We've discussed it before. Just do, can you name? Any and not 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 that you, you would think would are you know candidates for the job or anything like that. But who in your mind are elite defensive recruiters out there these days?
1: Oh man, I, I don't want to answer that question without researching it. Okay,
2: just
9: want, no,
1: you know, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're are obviously out there, but I, I don't. You know, I wouldn't want to answer that without you know taking a little time and and if Coach yeah. Golden. You know, indicates that he's going to make changes. I, I will put that time in and I will I'll come here with, with, with my list. But, you know, to just do it off the top of my head wouldn't be fair.
9: You know, uh, I, also you know.
1: Think,
9: I was going to say Art Kehoe does not get nearly as much praise as he should because that offensive line was super tough. They're basically the only position on the roster this year. That has endured major injuries, and you know, and a few of them. And that offensive off line has been just, I mean, almost, I mean, basically amazing. I would have to say. I mean, what, what what do you think about
1: that? Totally agree. I think it might be the best coaching year of Art Kehoe's career. I think he's been great this year uh, to to ha- fit in those young kids and have them perform the way they did. I'm sure he's sick to his stomach that they missed the block on that draw play. Late in the game, that that really could have busted, but um, they they didn't allow sacks. Kaya was clean for the most part during the game. Uh, got hit a couple times, but that's going to happen against a team like Florida State. And uh, I I really think Art's done a phenomenal job.
8: Yeah,
9: and and just you know the future is really bright with Kaya. Obviously, I mean the kid was just really on par. I mean, forget the, the you know the the last play, the interception is not obviously his fault. He just had to throw it up. But I mean that kid is. Just as good as any any that I've ever seen, I would have to say. I mean, just going through the years in Miami, just as a true freshman, I, I, I he's doing things that I you you never see. I think he almost outplayed James Winston almost not not you know stride for stride, but I mean he was considering the fact that Miami doesn't get any pressure on the quarterback, so Winston had all day to sit there and do basically whatever he wanted. But I mean, I think he was just as good, of, and a lot of praise from just from a lot of higher up Florida State fans that said. That Kaya has a very, very strong future ahead of him.
1: No doubt. Um, let's see what else we're gonna talk about. All right, Robert, what, what else you got? Anything else this week? Um,
9: I'm just trying to think. You know, just you know, people keep bringing up you know recruiting. You have to. I mean, I think people have to understand that it's a natural, almost natural that the that the receivers, the running backs, they're all basically bred in the city of Miami. You don't find big defensive linemen, you don't find your natural linebackers as normally stapled in the Dade County state of Miami area. You have to understand that, I'm not you, I'm just trying to say to the masses, that that is a more difficult position to recruit in general for Miami. It's not natural as, you know, the DBs, the running backs,
1: the receivers. and Right, you you can get most of those from Dade County.
9: Right. So, I mean, you have to understand, me, and I am not making excuses at all for anyone on this coaching staff for for the abominable defensive recruiting that's gone on the last few years. But it is not as easy as some of the other positions that we are having success in. So, I mean, I think we have to put yeah, that but Why
1: in. does it have to be easy?
9: It, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm not making excuses for anyone. I'm just I'm – I mean, it's just something that has to be pointed out a little bit. And if you ask me, as just a, a diehard Hurricane fan, what I would say going into next year would, what, what I would be, what I would live with as a as a Canes fan, just a little shakeup on the defensive side of the ball in, just to bring in some elite recruiters, whether it be the D-line coach, whether it be the DB's coach, to clean those positions up. And I think we could be successful. Uh, you know, uh, is the Golden now right? He is on the hot, not on the hot seat, but he's almost a, you don't want to say a lame duck coach, but I mean if he doesn't win next year, you know, you're I mean that's you gotta start make trying to make a move here. Um I don't know. Gary, when are you heading up to Virginia? Um, it,
1: it would be Friday night.
9: Friday night. I was gonna give you some uh some restaurant suggestions, but I'm not gonna be there for no, that's uh,
1: no, no there's a non stop flight Friday night. I think I'm gonna be on that one. So Robert, hey, yep. thanks for calling in. Uh give us give us a call next week.
9: All right, you got it, Gary.
1: All right. Take care. All right. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We've got twenty minutes left. Um, let's go to the eight four five. You're now live on Kane Sport Live.
3: Yeah, Gary, how you doing,
1: Greg? Hey, what's up, Greg? How you doing this week?
3: Good. Um, uh I just got a couple points. I, I missed the beginning of the show. Uh what was Miami looking at right now, would you
1: say? Too soon. Too soon to say. If if they finish eight and four, um, I think they're they're going to be in a decent spot. I, you know, you, you'd have to look at the um, Orlando as a possibility, um, not out of the question. I th- I think you have to wait and see if the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville is going to take an ACC team this year. That would certainly not be out of the question. If it's not one of those two, then I think you're looking at pinstripe in New York uh, or. Or maybe even Delkin, Charlotte or Music City in Nashville. Even okay. Sunday in El Paso would be an option again. All
3: right, my next point is, um, I don't understand. If, we have, if we're looking to recruit a stud defensive tackle or a linebacker, why can't James Coley be his recruiter? Is there any reasons for that?
1: Well, no. <laughs> I don't think so, but, you know, you can't it's hard to take one guy and, and have him recruit the whole the whole team. But I will say this, Alabama's doing it with Mario Cristobal. I, I, he's recruiting their offensive line, and they had him go to New Jersey and get one of the top DBs in the country, Minka Fitzpatrick. They have him coming down here to South Florida and recruiting Calvin Ridley and Sean Burgess Becker. Um, and they have him going and recruiting uh, a defensive tackle um, by the name of Dion Payne, who I believe is in Alabama. If a, um, no, where is he? I'm trying to remember where Dion Payne's from. He he, he might be in, in Alabama. It might be in Birmingham. Um, they have Mario Cristobal recruiting him as well. So yeah, they're taking one of their best recruiters and a guy that might that is, is going to be in the competition possibly for the Recruiter of the Year award nationally this year, and they have him going all over and doing it. So um. You know, it's a little different with a coordinator because they have so many responsibilities during the season. But, I mean, if I were them, I'd get totally involved on some of these elite guys here in December and January.
3: I agree. Okay. My I mean, he's not a miracle is,
1: worker. He's not Superman. But he is the best is, recruiter on the staff.
3: Is it true that he recruited Jameis Winston to Florida State?
1: Um, I am not sure on that. I would have to, I would have to go back and research that. I'm I'm not sure.
3: Okay, but he was on the staff. There.
1: He was. was he, anyone... he was coaching him. Yes. Yes, he was. Okay. Now I'm sure. I'm, I'm um, sure he was involved.
3: Don't you think Jermaine Grace showed a lot more potential out there than Matthew Thomas the other night?
1: They're similar type players. I mean I, I like what Jermaine Grace has been doing lately. I, I'd like to see him be a little bit more consistent. I don't think he does it play after play after play. I think he's got some good plays here and there. Um and his goal for the, for next year would be to become more of a consistent performer like Denzel Perriman has become. Um but um Jermaine's coming along good and they're using him the right way. They're not asking him to play inside a lot and take on uh bigger bodies. Uh so you know they're they're probably but but Matt Thomas and Jermaine are similar type of players.
3: All right, and one last point. Um, I see that we have a recruit this quarterback Lawson from uh, was he from Hillsboro up in the Tampa area? Yep. He's a he's a dual threat guy. Is that correct? So um, he's runs yeah, for but... hundred yards. I mean and I see he's also a pretty good yeah, passer. A, would we... dual,
1: yeah, he he's a dual threat guy, but he he could he could throw the ball pretty well.
3: He's having okay. a great game. I understand I just wanted to ask how many games you think we would have won this year if uh we didn't have Kai at at quarterback. We had Heap's quarterbacking.
1: Oh, um you know, listen, I mean, we'd let you know we let's let's look let's look at them and, and at the wins. I mean, there there weren't a lot of close calls on the victory side. If if you think about it, if you still would have beat Florida A and M, you still would have beat Arkansas State. Um, they were significantly better than Duke. Probably would have won that game. Significantly better than Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. Honestly, I think your record would be the same. But no stretch of the imagination diminishes Brad Kaya. And I think Brad Kaya was good enough to allow you to be competitive in the Nebraska, Georgia Tech, and Louisville games. And it's a shame that they didn't give it a chance in those three games with better game plans. And, um, hey, before I go, to answer your question, Ken, um, Jameis Winston was recruited by Damian Craig, who's – one of the top recruiters in the country. He's on the Auburn staff now. He was, oh, he, was okay. on, he was on that original Jim um, Jimbo Fisher staff at Florida State as well. Uh, I talked to earlier in the show about what a great staff Jimbo put together coming out of the gate. Um, Damian Craig was certainly part of that, and and was and is one of the better recruiters in the country. He recruited Jameis Winston, probably in tandem with Coley, as Coley was coaching quarterbacks at the time. Uh, but but he was the lead recruiter. And I'll also point out. James Jameis Winston, coming out of high school, was a five-star recruit. Just like that kid Ramsey on defense was a five-star recruit. And those are the type of kids that make a difference when top teams play other good and top teams. And that's why you saw Florida State having the guys at the that that made the difference on Saturday night. Yeah, well,
3: what happened in the first half? Miami was moving the ball well in Florida State.
1: Great Ramsey gameplay. Ramsey. Great game plan. I
3: mean, Great, I,
1: I phenomenal, phenomenal game plan by James Coley. That's what happened.
3: Right, so we can't afford to lose James Coley, I hate to tell you.
1: I would agree with you that. that they need to keep James Coley as long as they can.
3: Well, I, I hope he becomes the next coach if Golden moves on.
1: Well, you know, you'll have to see what happens there. I mean, it, it, it's hard to be the head coach at Miami when you haven't been a head coach before. I, I put James Coley in the same category as, you know, kind of like where Crystal ball is now. I think those guys are going to need to go to mid-level programs and and, and kind of cut their teeth as head coaches for a few years um, before they become candidates to be at an elite, elite top-level program. Um, but I think James Coley has a chance. I think he's doing a great job this year. All right,
3: Ken. All right, Gary. Okay, thank you very Maybe. much.
1: Yep, give us a call next week. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We got a little more than twelve minutes left. I'm gonna try to get as many people on as uh, humanly possible. Um, let's try the nine seven three. You're now live on Kane Sport Live.
8: Hey, Gary. What's going on? Doing good. Who's this? It's Ross in New Jersey.
5: Hey, what's up, um, Ross? What you got? For- thought I'd never get on, but um, it's okay. Um, You're here, here's a thing. man. Um, yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, uh, a couple of things. Um, just listening to the show in the last hour and a half, just got to be down. Um, but I got a few points. Um, recruiting, I, this, I don't recruit.
1: think there's a reason to be down, I, 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 but, I, but I think that the biggest thing, at least from my viewpoint, is you can't, people can't be in denial. Enough of this BS yeah, you're, about, right, you're right. oh, if we could play these games over again, we're so good now, we would win them. Um You know, uh, enough of that noise, enough of... Yeah, 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 you're right, because all these these points points. that's
9: being made, all these points
5: that's being made, they're they're, they're, they're They're making great points.
1: Yeah, enough of that. I'll
5: I'll tell you this, because they're making great points. I mean, what they're saying is real. That's why I'm getting down, because they're making great points. What I was thinking about, though, is...
1: Be honest with yourself. Identify the problems that you have that are keeping you from being elite right now. Correct them and come back next year and give it your best shot. That's the way I look okay. at it. Okay. Okay. Al- well, Al- Al- right now and say, Gary, what do you think? That's exactly what I would tell him.
5: Okay. Don't beat yourself. W- what I was, what I was thinking is, um, you said um, Al might not make any changes. He might just go into it and
2: nobody has old, any look,
5: idea. Think, he, he, it's yeah. Look, it's, look, look, look. It's, he, he'll it's look into show. it, And what he better be careful of is. Him not thinking that he needs to make uh, any changes and it's a, a guy like the guy that's on the defensive line or the defensive back coach just flat-out leaves because so they know that they're not getting the job done, and then he goes out and get a guy who's not ready to come in and do what we all, what we all need them to do. So he better not get caught to the point where he, hasn't, he he's not looking to hire exceptional people, and then these guys leave because they might not, they might not like it anyway. Like the guy, Williams, he you know he's not doing a good job. He know he's not recruiting. He can't recruit in the Miami area if he saves his life. He know he can't. So he might go ahead and take a, a low-paying job at a Mac school. The defensive line coach could go to the league, you know. So he he Al Golden better not get caught to the point where he don't have a replacement in mind of, you know, what he needs to do. A second thing real quick. You said there's nobody coming after Al to I agree with you, but I, this is one team I wish do come after him so they could get him out of here. Is Rutgers? You know, yeah, well, he I can't get off this. Today. Yeah, he can't get the he can't get the Penn State job. But Rutgers also knows he's from Jersey. He could do a good job recruiting the area. They just moved into the Big Ten. He has a Big Ten mentality anyway. So the way he likes to fatten guys up on a defensive line, even though they're no good. You know, Rutgers probably could use that mindset. He could, he could bring the the, the fradule with him, and and they get all of them out of here. Okay.
1: I'm ex- I'm um, expecting Rutgers to make a run at Al Golden in the, so, at some point in the next few years. I don't know, I know if expect- it'll be this year. I don't know if it'll be next
5: year. But I'm expecting I think them. I to, to be this year because I think the guy they, is going to get fired.
1: Well, I don't know. Well, it could be this year because they gave Flood an extension. No, I think I
5: think I think it, I think it'll be this year, and I hope. Well, the, I, I, think, got it.
1: I think they're going to replace Flood this year too because they are nowhere in recruiting. They the top ten players in the state of New Jersey have all committed. Not one of them has picked Rutgers. And that guess what? It, for that program, and it's because
5: this guy that's coaching the team, Flood. He just he's a good coach. He's a great offensive. Uh, blind coach, but he's just not a good recruiter. People can see through his phoneiness and everything. But anyway, um, I hope they go after Al Golden hard because he fits what they're trying to do over there, and he'll make a perfect coach for them. Couldn't now, be a
1: better, Couldn't be a better fit. Al, you know, I don't know how Al Golden feels about Miami. I mean, you know, he he may want to stay here, and he may want to make it work here. But
5: he can't stay here with the nonsense that's going on. You know, you and another caller a while ago just agreed that you're not going to blame the players. Okay, that's fine. Oh no, no, you're not going to blame the coaches. That's fine. No, the but coaches I'll tell did a great what. job
1: the other night. No, no, if, no, no, if no.
5: They, no. Yes, they did. Yes, but let me let me make my point. The yeah. fact that they had number twenty-eight on the on the field, that's where they get the criticism. Gary, I well, won't even call his lose. name. That's why they won't. lose. Yes, why why should we blame like them then? So why can't we blame them then? Why can we? Why can we blame them? You just saying that don't I blame they them. Did a but now
1: starting the job the other night. You know, little little but, things like that aside. You can't afford but, like but, they they have but to are gonna take. The, you you can't, can't I don't care. Have, if he needs the rest. You can't afford you to take that so af- You from
5: can't from you. afford to have little things like that aside happen. You can't.
1: You're right. Like and I, I just another example to me. You can't. I don't care how tired he is. You can't afford to take Denzel Perriman off.
5: And if you're going to do that, you might as well bring Grace in and have him be the guy that's going to chase the tight end or the wide receiver and not number 34, not impressive. You can't. These are the little silly things that they do. They, they We're on a roll, we're on a roll, we're on a roll, and then they're trying to sneak in a little rotation here and there and get caught. Those are the things they've been getting away with now for the last three years. This is just this is very, very, very annoying. Okay. Very, very annoying. I don't happens. Say
1: it it again? We'll see what happens, but, you know, I I, I, some of the things you said, I, I agree. On the Rutgers stuff, I actually had that conversation on the board today. People thought I was stirring it up. I'm not stirring it up. Uh, I you know I, I think that Rutgers is going to make the phone It could happen,
5: because you know what I'm saying? It could happen, Either
1: this year or next year, to Al Golden's agent. I think they're going to make the phone Now, because what he's going to want to do or where his head's at, I have no idea.
5: Hey, I'll tell you what. Fisher could be heading to LSU. The guy at LSU could be heading to Michigan. And yep. Al Golden should be heading to Rutgers. He should go to Rutgers. He should just get out of oh, town. I
1: mean, go from Miami to Rutgers now. That's not a step up.
5: But for him, it could be a better him. fit.
1: Hey,
5: Gary, he doesn't need a step up. He needs a safety net. And going to Rutgers will give him another four or five years of a safety correct. net. Correct. And he's a
1: businessman, yes. And he'll make more money than he's making here.
5: Yeah, get and him out of here,
1: man. A man. He'll give him a mansion to live in. And, and he'll be the king of New Jersey.
7: Because yeah. He could do, there won't be anybody right
1: flying airplanes over Rutgers Stadium saying fire yeah. out
5: yeah, and it's a thing. He, he He's really from the area. He's really from down the street where he went to high school and all that nonsense. And, and I'm, I'm a Jersey guy, and I know all of that, but I'm a Miami diehard football guy. So let me make a few more points real quick. Um, the kid, Chunsey Gardner, the defensive back, and the kid, Jalen Julius for West Orange, do you think we have a chance of getting those guys? What's, what's, what's your – um?
1: If With they the if process. they offer Jillian Julius, yes, they will get him. But here's the problem: he's the same type of guy that, that they don't. They, they're not really looking for somebody like that right now, and that's why he hasn't been offered yet. So you, you know, do you think that's going to
5: affect? Do you think that's going to affect his um his buddy
1: Dexter he, Williams? Um, no, committed?
5: I don't.
1: No, I don't. Okay, I think Dexter Williams is pretty solid.
5: And here's the thing, Carter, our defensive back. I feel really bad. That's it. Sitting and watching him play, because I think he's the type of kid, I'm not going to disrespect um, Jalen Ransby and say he's Jalen Ramsey, but I say here's another kid that they're not using him for things that he could do, and that's Carter, and that's where the guy Williams and DeFraffio, is where he shows up here, because I think he's underutilized, and I, we have held the... We could have put number 29 Heldon right at the cornerback spot and moved Gunther to the safety spot for two or three plays, but you know what? We're never prepared for stuff like that. Only thing we're prepared to do is to go with the guys that we're prepared during the week, which is two or three guys, and then when we get caught, somebody get hurt, the other guys are never prepared to come on a field and perform. I am tired of it. Take it to Rutgers. Get out of Miami.
1: <laughs> All right. All right, hey, uh, thanks, thanks for the call. Give us a call again next week. Sure. All right. Um, let's move on now to the 813. You're now live on Kane Sport Live.
11: How you doing, Gary? This is
1: Andre from Tampa. Hey, what's up, Andre? What you got this week? Hey, uh, man,
2: I, I wish I was before the caller just talked to you. I was thinking the same way. It, You know, uh, I always think that, you know, the coaches did. A good job. They had a week to prepare for Florida State.
9: This was their best
2: chance to to beat Florida State because you know Florida State talent kind of is down this year. They don't have the talent, especially if you see two freshmen from Miami. Uh, they, or, you know, uh, or Rudolph whatever his name is, and uh, they on the field. So I thought that this was golden best chance to beat Florida State. And I'll say this to the day I die. If Golden can't win the big games, he shouldn't be at Miami. It's just the bottom line to it. If he can't win the big games, he don't deserve to be at
1: Miami. I've done everything. Right now you still have the NCAA experience that is keeping that type of heat away from him. Now, next year, that's not going to be the case. So, next year, they have to win the big games. Or else he's not going to be the head coach anymore.
2: Gary, I, I mean, I understand people might. I, I mean, you, you're saying, what well, this team might go for him. Or I, I just, I know Ruckus was, you know, I mean, was going to maybe take a chance on him, but. Well. I mean, I'm it's, it's, it's like you is. have to
1: look those schools. You have to look at the pool that they're fishing in. You know, they can't just go hire anybody like Urban Meyer's not going to Rutgers. OK, so, the, you know, the, if you're an athletic director, you have to look like where's where's the best fit for me and, and what who can I go get? And if you're looking at Al Golden, you're looking at a guy that showed you last year by showing interest in Penn State that he will leave and you're seeing what he's going through at Miami. And you, I think you're thinking that there might be an opening there and you, you might make a phone call. What we don't know is what will happen if that phone call gets made. And well, at no point I mean, speculating I, we, I, you open. know,
2: the, the, the thing is, you know, it, it won't hurt my feelings because, like I said, it, I mean, Golden's a nice guy. Golden can't win the big games. I mean, I mean, understand the Saints and, and everything. He just can't win the big games. And, well, he we hasn't yet. But he's going to have to yes. next
6: year. I
2: don't know if I go through. I don't think I can make it through another season. With Golden. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just being honest. I don't think I can make another season. No. Uh, you're going to have to give him, Probably going to have
1: to give him a chance. You're going you're gonna to have to suck it up and, and give him a chance. Uh,
2: I, I don't know if my heart can take it. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I'm throwing. You know, I'm, throwing, I'm getting ready to throw my TV through the wall. Um, I mean, it, it just – You're having a
1: Stanford and Son moment, huh?
2: Okay, it, it, the thing is doing good in the first half. Um, I mean, Florida State went to a zone wherever they went to where they couldn't – I mean, I understand the fumbles, was drop, but we had a lot of three-and-outs, uh, plays that couldn't continue. Uh, number eight was a beast out there. But,
1: I mean, they're so playing, you're whole playing thing a team to- that's won 20. Wait, time out. Time, time out for a minute. You're okay. playing a team that's won 26 straight games. I mean, everything's not going to be perfect.
2: Yeah, but
4: what I'm saying is, it, it, it just seemed like, okay,
2: the, the, the first half and second half, you know, this is a team you just said won 26. They, they go make adjustment. they they go do something. That's where I look at Gold and say, okay, y'all, this is what they're going to try to come for. I'm looking over there. I'm. I'm He's observing everything he should observe everything they're doing on the field when his coaches get together and say, "Hey, look here, let's look for this. Let's look for them changing that defense up. Coley, that's what we're going to may have to do i mean it it's just things you must you must have in your mindset. This is what this team go to try to do when they come out, and it seems like when the teams come out no. golden lose the game.
1: I right, listen. And, that's all I, and, and, and I mean, this is this, this is going to be the parting thought for the evening, okay? What you're saying is not wrong, and 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 we could go on and on and on about the Florida State game, but there's a bottom line, okay? When it when it was nut crunching time in the Florida State game, there were three guys that were difference makers: Jameis Winston, Dalvin Cook, and Jalen Ramsey. And you want exactly. to know what the common? You know, you want to know what the common thing is with those three kids? They're all five star elite athletes who were recruited to go to Florida State. That's where the problem is right now. You <laughs> have problem. to step up the recruiting. has to get better players. And and then thank you so much for the call tonight. Um okay. You know, we got to go. We're at we're out of time. Give us a call again next week.
8: Thank you for giving a call, Gary. Appreciate it. Thank you got you, man. it,
1: man. We'll talk we'll talk to you next All week. Right. All right, guys, great show tonight. I, I I I still say that that's it, man. You got to step up the recruiting. If you're going to meet the standards at Miami, and all three of those kids that were the, the biggest difference makers in that game were five-star athletes, Miami's got to start getting some themselves. And and then I think some of these results in these big games will start to change. Can Al Golden do it? I don't think um, we know the answer to that question yet. I, I I think that you know this next year is obviously... If he does choose to stay at Miami, and and I do think there's a chance that he will have some options. Uh, We don't know that yet. Um, But he's obviously going to be under the gun going into 2015 to produce a different result. Thank you to everybody that was part of the show tonight. Like I said, great show, everyone. Uh, Canes go to Virginia Saturday. It's going to be cold up there. Uh, Those of you making the trip, make sure you pack those so you don't freeze to death out there at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. Um, We'll see you next week, everybody.